This podcast recorded live from the Urban Fly Company Studios. And we are back for another week of the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Jay Thompson here. To my right, we have my good buddy Chad Bauer filling in for Mark Burns, who is swamped with flies and orders right now. It's that time of year. He's probably... I know his fingers were hurting before. I'm sure they're just torn to shreds now. Yeah, and he's got a bunch of guide trips lined up, too. So, very, very busy man, but we'll get to hearing from Mark soon enough. Uh, hey, but to my left, big man on the board, Chris Sims. And the man with turkey hunting on the brain, Jim Franklin. Uh, <clears throat> and tonight's guest, we will have Aaron Chine, owner of the Box Art Gallery and Steelhead Guide for SAO. And here's... Uh, Look into what else we'll be talking about on this week's podcast. Uh, hey, we finally got some trout fishing in with the kids. Uh, last time we talked, Mentor Youth Day was at Boston, all that, and you know, tr- and we'd been blown out with water for quite a while. The water finally is down a lot more than we want it to be, but throughout that little bit, we got some fishing in. Chad's been uh, taking advantage of all the the water coming down and some other kinds of fishing that we do like to do. We'll get into uh, Sims. Ex- did some brookie fishing, some musky fishing, fishing, some musky fishing, all kinds of all kinds of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into all that. Uh, we'll take a break. Talk to Aaron Chine about what he's been doing. Uh, get a good catch up with our buddy. Uh, we'll take another break. Come back with uh, some turkey hunting with Jim. Uh, we might do a grillers corner. Uh, talk some grill food since it's going to right around the corner. And uh, one of our buddies wanted to talk about that. And uh, you did some good cooking with our good buddy Lombardo being in town too. So. You know, we could talk some food and uh, some foraging. Uh, we'll do a little foraging talk. And awesome. we'll, we'll get into uh, the F3T in Franklin that's coming up next week. God, he's two for three now. And <laughs> I said F3T. Yeah, you did it right. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. We're yeah. proud of you. On April 22nd. Um, next Saturday. Yes, I can't wait. I'm very pumped. I'm missing my uh, niece's first birthday party to be there. She'll I, have many more. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> what I told them. Like, hey, we're not going to have it every year on that day. So uh, I think her uh, birthday's the week after. So it should be good if I, well, as long as I'm there on the real birthday. Your sister's going to kill you. Yeah, she's going to be pissed. Uh, but before we get to all that and more, who sponsors this podcast, Chad? Sims Fishing. Go check them out at simsfishing.com. The show is also brought to you by A-Rex Hooks. Check them out at arexhooks.com. Yeti, built for the wild, and Cortland Lines. And uh, who are some friends of the show there, Chris? Friends of the show, we got Ryan Evans from Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank at Chippewa River Custom Rods, our buddies over at Muskie's Fool, and the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance. And uh, Aaron Chine for tonight. Yeah, great. Does that mean we get some uh, sweet, sweet tattoos? No, but I got to... Sometime I'm this year? I'm on the books. Yeah, I'm getting mine. What are mm. you talking about? Nice. <coughs> I have one. I'd like a second. I want him to do uh, a muskie from here to here. So from so your, we're talking your upper shoulder right. to almost your nipple. Yeah. Past my nipple into my eventually to be cut open sternum. Mm. Uh, I don't have heart problems now, but. But you're expecting to. I, I expect yeah. to. So. <laughs> Let's get real, people. <laughs> the way this guy treats himself. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to draw a line down my chest and be like, Aaron, this is where they're going to cut me. Yeah. Can you stop before yeah. that so they don't ruin Work it? Work your stencil around <laughs> this. Hey, figure this in, Aaron, but th- I want the muskie to look like he's ripping my chest open. That'd be cool. The, the, yeah. Uh, well, I don't want to hope. 
for open heart surgery. You're just right. preparing for it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Prepare for the prepare for the worst. Hope for the best. That's Are right. You, yeah. I, I, just, mean, I can't wait I know, to finish we're, we're, this tattoo. I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> we're already on the spot for time. But um, do you guys both are on high blood pressure pills? I'm sure. I am not. I oh, I am the only one. Oh, there you go. Lisinopril, 20 yeah, mg's, see, man. See, well, I so, told you he was fat. So when <laughs> I first, I uh, no, it's my genetics, asshole. Although I think I win the uh, the fat person disease, I do have the sugar. Oh, you have the sugar. <laughs> you got that sugar. <laughs> you have the beaties. Yeah. The beaties. The beaties. Oh, okay. So I take oh, a yeah. I take a once a week shot for that, not insulin, but the Ozempic. So one day I'm supposed to be skinny. Uh, <laughs> it isn't working for that per se. So, but so, uh, yeah. So so we're but when I when I. F- We'll talk about this later, but when I was first put on lisinopril, I because when I first got diabetes, they're like, we need to make sure your kidneys are okay, so we're going to put you on lisinopril, and that gave me, this is a medical term, retrograde ejaculations. So they came inside of you? Yes. Yes. Into my bladder. That's like when you pinch it off because yeah. you don't want to make a mess? Yeah, it's awful. So I said, hey, my kidneys can explode, but I <laughs> but I, I want to drop loads. I need this back. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason we weren't... So I'm, I'm at a loss for words so, over here. Yeah. Like, that just sounds horrible. It was awful. Well, so how, how impressed geez. are you that I knew what you were talking about? Hold I'm on, hold on. Scared we're, and we're, impressed. Okay. <clears throat> the reason we weren't talking about your loads two weeks ago... Can we, can we get to that? Look, I'm not bringing up my... I, I didn't want to take it any further than the medical term retrograde ejaculation. But What does that mean? That means... It doesn't come out of you. It goes in you. So in Oh, wow. That would be horrible. Yeah, dead serious. So instead of... Ow. So instead of it coming out... How did out, that podcast start on this? Where it's, yeah. <laughs> where it's supposed I, to... I would like to take Jay, credit for this. Jay, Jay, crack the whip. Crack the whip. Right now. We need, <laughs> know, we need the whip. We need the whip. No, no, no. I'm not no. going to get graphic, but instead of going out, it goes into the bladder. Um, All of our listeners and right that's now it. are going, how in the fuck? Like, so if you listen to Loveline back in the day with Jason Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla, they, oh they used to talk about that all the time. People would pinch the tip oh. just to not make a mess. Here. That's... <laughs> Jay's drinking. Jay's in the bourbon already. <laughs> All right. I, I told Jay I wasn't even here to bust the format or anything. It yeah. just happens. So let's. So uh, I've got Betus. <laughs> Chad's got a bad heart. <laughs> Next topic. All right. I, I was just. I was just saying he was fat. Yeah. I, I was. I wasn't trying to say that. Thanks, Jay. You led us down this path. We're mm-hmm. having a fat contest over here of how I mean awfully we treat ourselves. Um. Apparently, I'm treating myself, my liver, very I tre- wonderfully. I treat myself um, awesome. We had some terrible weather, and that's why we didn't have oh, our last podcast. Uh, I got my my power po- came on about like 5.30. Um, we didn't know if it was going to be on. Some people right around us, they went another day or two without any power. My brother and sister and, uh, and my parents had it the whole time. I know you went out without for a while. We Chad. were four days without. Yeah, that, I mean, so we didn't know we were getting it back, and... So we just canceled the podcast, uh, not knowing what was going to happen. Uh, and then, you know, the next weekend was uh, Easter. So we right. missed that week as well. Um, yeah, you texted my, me. Uh, I, I, yeah, I had a, uh, in all that weather and losing the power, we go out back and the, there's like a first, that day, that morning was great. We had had a lot of weather coming that Friday. Yep. And it blew the creek out again, which it wasn't quite as bad. Chad met us down there first day. 
Um, we got fished for a little while. It was still too high for fish to be really involved. Um, there was still shit floating down the creek with, you know, tree branches and whatever else just from all the wind the day before. Yeah. And we thought everything would be good. And we came home, knew the storm was going to come around too. First set of storms went through or whatever. Everything was fine. We're like, oh, we're, we're pretty good. Next uh, set of storms, my wife goes out and she's like, where's the trampoline? Well, my trampoline became a UFO. I bet it did. And uh, one of them, <coughs> the old one that we were trying to get rid of. So I, I found a bunch of legs in my front lawn, <laughs> and I just found like three springs, one of them with my <laughs> lawnmower, and the other two without the lawnmower. Uh, but I guess it was wrapped all the way across the street, across that field, which is pretty far. Yeah, a uh, couple thank hundred gosh, yards. I, it, it, it smashed and ripped Half my gutter off of that one backside. I, sm- I smashed it all back straight and put a new corner on it. It was an outside corner. And uh, the Amish came over like four days later and said, uh, that, that, I think it's I think your thing's wrapped up in the... Like, your heathen bouncy thing is yeah, over yeah. here. It's like, it's, like 20, it's like 25 feet up in a tree. I'm like, I'm not getting that thing. Yeah, That's no longer my problem. That can come down next storm. Yeah. Yeah. We, had, uh, we had one up on a uh, telephone pole over in my neck of the woods. I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Fast Freddy posted it. Yeah. We lost two trees on our road. Uh, I lost one across the driveway and like a half a dozen in the woods. I lost five in my yard Oh, that I'm still in the process of cleaning up. Um, my wife went out. She went, like I said, she was training for a half marathon, which she ran today. Super proud. She go touched Ash. the che- trees um, up. Chad just watches her. I do, because I'm fat. I mean, but, cheer- uh, cheerleading is a real sport, man. It is. But... She was halfway around our block, and it started boom, lightning, boom. Everyone was like, uh, hey, Nolan, I'm going to get your mother because uh, I don't want to get struck by lightning. Yeah, good call. And she was super happy. So Yeah, yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a bad storm. So those mm-hmm. storms came through Illinois like the day before, and one of them spawned a tornado that hit my brother-in-law's cabin. Oh, no. At least it wasn't the liquor store. Right. <laughs> Uh, although I bet he would take a giant check for that liquor store and just walk away. Uh, but it ripped the roof off, gutters, but only because a tree landed on it. And then the winds picked up and just ripped it all away. So that, but he said. Was he said, it a total you, loss? No, they were able, they're going to replace the roof, put a metal roof on there, and hopefully one day they put a bathroom in there. Good. Yeah, because our, our wives won't go out because there's no bathroom. Sure. That, yeah. that yeah, might be a tough. good thing, though. It's tough. Well, it, it is and it isn't. Like, for a weekend, yeah. we're good. But, like, I want to take the kids out there for a week and just relax and fish and barbecue and f- find a way no to... No outhouse at all, either? There's an outhouse. Oh, yeah. But, they, okay, but sometimes yeah. spiders get in there. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish everyone could see Chris's face. <laughs> <laughs> This newfangled equipment. We're, we're, this is going to be a zoom in straight to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we're without power, and then uh, I, I get up the next day to my dad sending me pictures of brook trout, or no, I'm brown, or I'm sorry, a palomino, palomino trout, or golden trout, sorry, and rainbow trout, and I'm like, oh man, creek must came now. He, you know, he's got this picture, of my nephew's holding this big fish you know uh it was probably 20 inch uh, golden trout and mm-hmm. he was just a like my nephew was just elated 
you know, oh, yeah, and sure. he had stuck it out there in the cold. And so I had hung out with them, ate a little bit of food. And that picture, that picture got me off the couch to be right down there. I was like, Oh, I just wore my sweatpants, you know, just threw some socks on real quick. Just, you know, waiters real thin, you know, something like didn't throw any clothes on at all whatsoever. And I got down there and I was freezing my ass off. It was chilly that morning, mm-hmm. and uh, my nephew's in the truck warming up for a second, and I was very ill-prepared, and he was very ill-prepared. He didn't have enough clothes on himself. His mom didn't, my sister didn't leave him with enough clothes, but as the day went on, he got his waders on, warmed up a little bit. His dad came down, missed all that. He had to work, but we got out there, and man, we started slaughtering them. Nice. And uh, got and got off. Got on the opposite side, you know, where we like the fish chat in the little creek. And man, he was he was catching them by himself. And he had about a six year old kid, about the same age as your son. Nice. And getting out and just man, they listen so much better than uh, I don't know. Even trying to teach your wife and your brother in law and or anybody else to fish. <coughs> Kids listen well because they don't have any. They don't, they don't have bad habits, bro. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They, go, there's no bad habits. They don't go into things with a predetermined or there's you know, no like concept or, yes, or either yes exactly you know so they just go into a free free mind you know what i mean hey i'm gonna listen and just do what these guys say because dad always catches fish and, and and grandpa's always catching fish the fish so gotta listen you know and the best thing i did to teach my wife how to fly fish is my buddy nick del vecchio owns wildwood outfitters he's out of cooperstown and a big big trout guy and i bought her a guide trip and I said, you're going to go fish with Nick, and he's going to teach you how to fly fish. She's like, well, I'd like you to come. And I was like, cool. I will come, but I'm stripping streamers, and I'm going half a mile upstream. I'll be there for your first fish because I love you, and I want to get that picture, but I'm getting the fuck away from you so that I don't say anything, and you don't look at me because you get embarrassed if you think you're doing something wrong around me, but around a stranger, you won't. You'll be fine. And it was it was awesome. She loved it. We've gone a couple times. The ticket was for me to stay the fuck away from her while she was learning. Chad has the same problem. Uh, Ashley doesn't do well with listening to Chad. She won't listen to me, and it, it's not just fly, with fly fishing. Oh yeah, for, it's not just fly fishing. Yeah. Yeah. They need a professional. Yeah, or a friend. Anybody other than me to tell her that that's a yeah. good idea or this no, is the no. way to do I, it. I like I like your your idea there the the stranger teaching concept. Yeah, and he's yeah. he's not expensive. I mean, he's three hundred and twenty five bucks for a full day of and she'll catch fish. Yeah, and yeah, she'll yeah, yeah. and she'll just bang fish all day long. <clears throat> it's worth double that for me to not get home that day and be like, you really treated me like an idiot. Yeah. yeah. I don't, oh, sure. I don't like it when you talk oh, yeah. to me like that. You That's really sounded condescending to me, Christopher. Yeah, it's because you were doing it wrong. <laughs> I, I, get that. I get that more with rowing. The rowing, and, and I'll get into my, my kid rowing a little more uh, in just a second. Uh, but we, we ended up, it was fun. We got to walk down uh, the creek, and, and the all the high water had, Set push the fish all around, mm-hmm. so you could walk from hole to hole. We could walk down that that lit, even that bitty creek, which usually only had a couple holes where there were fish. There were fish everywhere, so I was able to walk down, caught a one of the most beautiful little uh, stocked browns. It was probably sixteen inches, something you know, decent fish. But boy, was it it was pretty. All the fins just looked just looked gorgeous. All the nice spots. It had like seven dark spot, you know, black spots on it. It's one of mm-hmm. those ones that. 
Beautiful. It was cool. It was. I mean, me and my dad were out just hanging. <coughs> I actually <coughs> lost my spinner, so I only had flies. So I threw a woolly bugger. Oh, poor guy. I threw a woolly bugger. No, I threw this. I threw a black woolly bugger under just my uh, on an ultralight, you know, under a little indicator, and that's what that brown trout ended up eating. Uh, and been back since with my fly rod just yesterday. But uh, we got to. I got to take my. Uh, I had a not a great day out. The following could when my dad and my uh, daughter on the boat and going down the the, awesome. the good stream. You know what I mean? The the nice trout stream and. Boy, was it a day. It was a fun day. It was a really cold start, so my daughter didn't fish much at the beginning, and I was freezing, too. Uh, I was whining more than she was, I think. I don't believe it. I, I, I'm sure you would, you know, you know it. You've been there. <coughs> um, but, away, right, you know, once got a little bit warmer, got some snacks in her, got her going good, and uh, then, you know, it was, it was when Papa's there, again, it's not Dad, which she listens to me pretty well, but Papa's like that. Just he he just has a way with the kids, you know yeah. what I mean? And 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 they, he he's real good, and he, you know, he'll catch fish. And be like, hey, why don't you come do just like this? And you know, but <laughs> no, no, you completely missed what just happened. Yeah, I I, ac- I accidentally <laughs> bumped Jimmy's foot, uh, and he, he winced back real quick. So I we're, winked. We're not gonna we're not gonna <laughs> relive it, but I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> he's ready to retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's it's super true. It, it kids, was. kids don't want to listen to their they no. barely want to listen to their parents. Sure. Like I used to shoot competitive sporting clays. And when I started shooting sporting clays, my dad was my coach shooting skeet. Just to, I was eight years old trying to trying to learn everything he told me, I was like, You're wrong. And I wouldn't do it and I wouldn't listen. So he got one of his friends who was a great shooter to teach me how to shoot. And dad would just stand back and watch, not say anything. And then on the drive home, he'd be like, hey, you did this well and this well and this well. And that was it. And that helped me become, uh, I like to think, a pretty good shotgun shooter. Was that guy saying the same thing your dad was saying? 100%. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't my dad saying mm-hmm. it. Who I love dearly and now respect everything he has to say within, within reason. He's sure. 81 and pretty racist. <laughs> <laughs> So there are some things I don't sure. I, I don't value the takeaways of. <laughs> wait till you're wait till you're 81 and racist. Cancel then culture is coming. You'd be like, ah, oh, it was all right. You mean you have to wait till you're 81? <laughs> so we we didn't have to. We didn't rush out. Like we didn't even get on the water till nine. Nice. But it was like even then it was still freezing until that sun came up. And as soon as it came up, man, poof, fish were everywhere. Yeah. And we got to one hole where I told my oh my god I told my dad the day before I'm like. So we're going to pull up to this spot, okay? There's going to be all kinds of fish in it. This spot is going to have probably half the fish we're going to see on this float in this one big-ass pool, and it's right in this guy's backyard. He's going to have a chair up on the hill, and I guarantee you he comes out and talks to us. My dad's like, what are you? Holy hell, what what are you? Because he's been doing that since we were 16, Dad. (laughs) I'm like, he's like, what are you, Nostradamus? And I'm like... Just, just believe me, dude. We're gonna pass yeah. this little janky ass. Looks like you're a meth cabin, and then right below that, you're gonna meet this guy. Y'all he's boys fishing, and you know he'll they'll tell you there's a bunch of them in there, and then we'll we'll show them we're catching them right in front of them, and you know, but it, and it, it worked out like clockwork. 
and that was you know was a lot of the, some of the fish that we'd seen you'd seen in the picture. That was a, those ones were from a different hole, but a similar situation. But that that upper float is nice. It has a for I liked it for uh, the times I have my daughter because the t- put in and take out are easy. <coughs> my do- my wife and I can usually do it in season easy. I'm dad and I, and then you're not dragging your kid through craziness and you know there's some in the lower end of that thing. There's a it gets a little bit. You can get a little dicey, you know, some of yeah. the big ass rocks and things of that nature. So, there's I like some, her. There's on some the, big ass rocks. Yeah, but there's a, the, and up up top, like they're just it's nice fishing and big holes. So we get down to the next. There's like a little just rollovers that are you know not they're not <coughs> um, just natural rollovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get to the second one and, and see another set of nice fish out there, and you could see the palominos. They were sticking out. Saw 24 golden trout, not palominos, they're golden trout. They're not golden trout. Golden trout are native to the Sierra Valley. Or golden Sierra rainbow trout. Sierra there. Golden rainbow trout, not golden trout. Golden rainbow trout, I should say. I'm sorry. Mutants. Yes. yes. Yeah. Jurassic golden, Park yes. fish. <laughs> they are golden mutant trout. <laughs> Mutants. <laughs> mutant golden trout. Uh, they taste like Play-Doh. Johnny <laughs> smoked one last yeah. week. <laughs> but they had they stocked all of them. Like, probably everyone they had, because there was 24. Four and just that float. I went. I went to uh, a local fly shop, and there was. They've got a creek behind it. I stopped counting at like ten. Yeah. Bananas they had out there, and all these guys casting to them. Like, what are you doing, man? <clears throat> well, I always like casting at them because I know there's other fish by them. That's well. They they're the ones exactly. that tell you where all the fish are at. Yeah, exactly. That brown was sitting right next to them. This another twenty some inch rainbow I caught was right next to them. I mean, you would just swing it through those fish, and I, I hooked, I hooked two uh, golden, whatever palominos, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and gave one to my daughter, and it got broke off, and I got the other one in the picture. My dad hooked one, lost it. I mean, and all nice ones, because I wasn't, I wasn't swinging to a little one. That and I was just swinging flies or Joe's flies to them, swinging mm-hmm. spinners. We, oh, we did nothing but spinners. <laughs> Very little fly rod, just my kids there, and yeah, well, we're I, out there just kicking ass and having fun. Why incorporate a hospital visit? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Don't ruin it for <laughs> me. It was really cool, though. We got to that hole, and she she had already caught some fish on her own, a few, and but in the boat, she got this little pocket there that she had found when she would bring her little you know spinner across. It'd settle right in this pocket and just drop, boom, and she would she got three fish, three cast. Nice. And it was awesome. She was, you know, on fire. She f- was feeling good, you know. And it's nice when you get kids that kind of feeling when they go fishing because that's what encourages them to want to keep going, you know what I mean? You and, see and that having confidence the yeah, 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 it's so much fun. Yeah. That or the when they get to see the big ones and they're like, ah. <laughs> that day fishing with uh, Nick that my wife went. And mm-hmm. so we were, we were out for what we started for just stalkers to get her some fish. And he said, hey, we can go catch wild browns if you want. And I went. I want. And she did too. So we went up and we hit a couple spots for wild browns. And he said, hey, I'm going to take you just like a quarter mile up the road. There's a big ass palomino uh, mutant sitting there, unless the eagles have gotten it by now. Sure. So we get up there and she's she sees it. She's like, oh, I've never seen anything like that. So she cast, you know, they're nymph fishing and squirmy worms. So it's a squirmy worm and a pheasant tail. And they're going at, and that fish wouldn't budge. And I'm standing there just watching. I'm staying back, not saying anything. And I had a black clouser on. And I went, 
and Claire's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm done. And I was like, well, is it cool if I just go ahead and catch that fish? And they both laughed and I went, <laughs> bloop, stripped it across. It came shooting out from that hole. <laughs> Whammy. <laughs> Took it. <laughs> is it okay if I catch that fish now? Yeah. That's awesome. They call you Master Splinter. because you did the, not. The king of the mutants. <laughs> king of, ooh. Man. Ooh, yeah. deep, deep cut. <laughs> Look at that. Very man. nice. I like throwing a woolly bugger to them under an indicator. Uh-huh. It's pretty, unst- I don't know, they love it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. Nymph fish. I don't. Oh. I don't center pin anymore. Yeah. So uh, it's I, you gave it up. Cold turkey. Cold turkey. It's, well, it's an indicator. I'm how, how many it, days is it? How? Uh, how? how uh, it's been 422. I was gonna say, <laughs> what, what coin do you have? 422 days. An indicator is not a buoy. Okay. First of all. Well, if after a year, it's not a coin. It's a man card. <laughs> <laughs> so just to finish this off real quick. I had a great day with them. I can't. You don't get memories like that. You know too often and that's so awesome Booyah. yeah hopefully they'll be out there and we get to do it again soon within the next few weeks where that place is still hot even th- i like it in may better than i even like it in april because yeah, you start to get some more uh, as long as we get some water some small mouth in there and you get some mm-hmm. other fish in there and i understand you, you can know, find musky in there you can if, if you're lucky <laughs> <laughs> when, but when you, you understand think, he can find musky in there <laughs> when you when they're a th- when you think they're a 28 inch trout you're kind of disappointed when it's a musky are One of the only though? times. I, I, it wasn't because it's a great anomaly fish, but you should be happy you landed it uh, on trout gear. It w- hit the back end of a game changer, so I still had the uh. front hook hanging out. It was still just grinding on the metal. Nice, lucky, That's lucky. I got lucky. As soon as as soon as I saw it, I was like, "PJ, put that thing in the net now. Put that thing in the net now." <laughs> yeah, you wanted to land it. Yeah, because I yeah. knew it was either that or it's coming off quick. But cool. Oh, just a wonderful, yeah, wonderful time. So. Uh, Chad, um, we're going to, I, uh, I, I got us, I, I just bought us a little bit. So, uh, Chad, it's that time of year, mid-April, it means trout floats and hybrid fishing. Absolutely, man. And <coughs> you've been doing a bunch of it. I have been. My wife, Monday, I was you, like, you gave up on all the hunting and you're just now going to become a fisherman again. No, 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 no. I, I drove around for hours today looking for turkeys. I saw one bird in a field. But uh, Monday, my wife was like, we dropped son off at baseball. She said, why don't you go fishing? I said, I don't want to. There's so much shit needs done around the house. We have five trees down in the yard. But I was like, I'll go. uh," And then she said, if you don't go fishing, I'm pissed at you. I was like, I looked at the river. It was like 1,400 CFS. I was like, Mm. fine. I'm taking a bait caster and a spinner bait. Just going to try. Right on. Fish, it's fishing. So I went there. I was there. Is it, though? I was there 15 minutes and felt the tug. I said, oh, God. I love it. It, it, it reminded me. It <clears throat> felt like a dude snatching a purse off an old lady <laughs> and then just running away. I was like, oh, yeah. And then I realized I don't like fighting those big fish on, on <laughs> baitcasters. <laughs> it, it's totally, like, not in my wheelhouse. Because uh, everything I ever caught in baitcasters bay was largemouth bass, smallmouth bass, and nothing big that pulled. You know, I was like, oh, this, mm-hmm. this is weird. First time I ever had drag pulling out on a baitcaster. I couldn't, like, fit it in my belly. Like, when I fight fish, I with a fly rod, I, I tuck the butt in my belly. I understand. And pull, like a... Oh, like Andy Mill does, you know? Mm-hmm. Fight it with the butt of the rod. And, and pull directly. Yeah, pull. And, uh, and I want to get back to that. With a story from yesterday, 
later. But uh, right on. Um, I ended up landing that fish. It was probably nine or so pounds ish. That was the one that made the gram. That one was the yeah, first one that made the gram. Beautiful pictures, man. Yeah, really nice. Thank picks. you. Really good. Um, nice picks. I'll, I'll show you a picture of a bigger one. Ooh. I've been keeping. <laughs> Saving that for a rainy day. Uh, saving that one for uh, next a- winter. After all the goo get, <laughs> yeah. after all the googans get off, <clears throat> get done pounding in place. Um, I went back the very next day. They lowered the river to a thousand. I was oh. like, I was like, oh god, I got to get there now because I saw they're projecting to lower it to six hundred. So I went. I was there. Second cast, I felt the tug. I was like, oh, this is this is a big one. This is a real fish. So. I got this fish in. It was like eleven pounds and fat as fuck, man. Nice. It was it was every bit of seven inches wide. Ooh, just in shoulders it, for days. Oh my god, it was it was one of the biggest fish I've caught there. In in a thousand CFS, nice. it 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 was fun. It was a fun fight, but it was half the battle of the fish. It was two pounds smaller the day before on a baitcaster. Oh, you took a fly rod. This time? The second day I took a fly rod. Nice. Only a fly rod, and I was only throwing flies that Zach Buchanan tied for me. Oh. And so I caught that fish. I was like, all right. I had a little bit of a lull. I, t- I took it off. I took that fly off. I put clousers on. I put deceivers on. I put all kinds of different abortions on. White game changers. <laughs> Nothing. So I put this. It was an orange and black. Or orange and olive uh sweetwater like a don petrucci style fly that zach mm-hmm. died second cast again boom another one I was like, oh god this is another good fish so i it, it ended up being like seven pounds i was like oh yeah I, I like that that's the one that made the gram the second day with the fly in the mouth so i was like oh, all right cool this is this becoming a good day and mind you i've been here half are an you, hour are you just sitting on the bank yeah it was a thousand cfs man yeah, you weren't you weren't wading today like I, I did today. I'll I'll wade at nine fifty if there's people there. I was the only person there, no people. I wasn't going in. So I I release that fish. I check my line. It's frayed right at the knot. I was like, oh, all right, this is perfect time. Bit it off. Tied the fly back on. I was like, okay. Made two more casts. Boom, another one. Oh, yeah, 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 sweet. I went down. I, I landed. There's a, a little soft spot. So that's where I landed all three fish in this little soft spot. I'm like, all right, cool. This is, I've been here, what, 40 minutes now. Landed three hybrids. I have like 25 pounds of fish that all released. And then, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, man, my arm's getting sore. I, I should think about going home. I'm, this is the most I've done in a long time. I was like, eh, fuck it. Made two more casts. Boom, boom. Oh, there's another one. Another one. Boom. It broke right at the top of the knot. I tied like the double overhand loop knot. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't come untied, but it broke at the knot. It must have frayed mm-hmm. in the last with, fight. With that last I, fish, yeah. Because I didn't check it before I caught <clears throat> So that, that fly hooked four fish in 45 minutes and died a Viking funeral. That's awesome. Went to the gates of Valhalla. One of the last uh, big hybrids I caught was on uh, Zach Fly as well. I swam that fly today. Uh, I, I think the dude knows what nice he's doing. D&D. Yep. He, his, his flies always swim well. They're always keeled right. This one has a... The D&D I was swimming today has a 
rattling it. It is all the trinkets. It's all set up. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful fly. I'm I'm glad I haven't lost it. I have, <coughs> I have never caught a hybrid. Well, you have to come catch a hybrid one yeah, day with us. Yeah, one of these days Can when you guys have a good a good day, good flowage, give me a call. I'll drive over because yes. I've caught thousands of of real stripers, real stripers, yeah. but never never a hybrid. I've never caught a striper this size. I know I know real stripers get way bigger than this, but I've never caught one. I've only ever caught schoolies like 17, 18 inches. Those are still tons of fun. Oh, they're the blast. But I, I couldn't tell if they fight compared to comparable to the hybrids. Oh, size a, pound for pound. You know what I mean? A big saltwater hybrid or big saltwater striper. My biggest is only 38 inches. I didn't I didn't weigh it. Uh, but my dad's got 42, 45. I've seen some giants caught online. And they get big. Yeah. A, a thir- my, that 38-inch fish, I lifted it up, and it was in the fall. So it was probably 30 pounds. Yeah. And it was awesome. And it fought like a rape date. It was fantastic. The, the, even the schoolies. Like, if you go and you're catching schoolies in, like, May, take an 8-weight, take a 9-weight. It's a blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the risk is you could hook into a big one. And, on and be an, undergunned. And on an 8-weight, and if you're fighting a 20-pound 20 20 fish, you're going to be pretty upset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And tired. <laughs> <laughs> and that fish isn't going to make it. And tire the fish out as well. Yeah, yeah. That, that fish is, and, and right now the, the push is on the slot limit for stripers. And, you know, if you don't need to keep it, I mean need to keep it, let her go. Yeah. But, I mean, last year was good. Last year was real good for stripers. It's That slot limit's working. Not as good as the moratorium worked. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, so the only time I really like to see those stripers die is in the videos when people have them and great white sharks come up and eat them at the side of the boat. Oh yeah, I, I love those videos. So we're gonna we're gonna yeah. so, so we're not too sidetracked here. Uh, we're gonna get into uh, so when you start posting those pictures and when our friends, you know, people we fish with all the time, they come around a lot, uh, see those pictures, immediately you know we, you know start getting texts on you Where, know where'd you uh, catch hey, hey hey buddy. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, 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 buddy. Hey, hey, I'm gonna come in town. Oh, I want to be around. I want to. I want. I want to see one of them things. You know, most people do. And uh, our good buddy Pat, head of Chad, wanted to spend a weekend around. He did. You no, know, it's a good times of year, and he he's been doing this with us for years. He'll come around. You know what I mean? And hang out. And he comes to tying yeah, night. Yeah, too. tying nights and different, all kinds of different things. But you know, he, you know, he likes to he likes to see those hybrids. He loves the hybrids. He calls yeah. them the ghost. Yeah, who? I mean, because they're tough the to catch. They can be. They can be here and there. Like, he can catch four, and I could go there today and beat the piss out of it and it'd be lower water, lower situation, and they're probably not sitting there. They're so not. But they Pat did not. come to town, <laughs> yeah, and, and they did lower the river again, and I told him, I said, Pat, let's wake up early. Let's, let's get there. Since they lost the cover of having the high water, they're not going to be around as much, and they're going to use the cover of darkness to their advantage, So, which kind of is what played out. We got there and he hooked one five minutes after being there. And Pat, did, did he lose it? No, he did not lose it. Oh. He hooked it and said, Nick, come here, his, his boy, and handed the rod off to Nick. And Nick got to fight the fish. So awesome. In true awesome dad. Yes, in form. true awesome dad form. Yeah. And then, and then Nick, I was like, Pat, you just keep sitting there. I'll, I'll land this fish for Nick, you know? Or help him land a fish. Sure. And I was like, he was fighting it, fighting it, holding a rod tip up like this. I was like, Nick, put that rod tip close to the water, 
put the butt of your rod in your belly and pull with like the cork right above your hands. That's where you want to be bending in the rod, man. And as soon as I told him that, he put the rod down. Got Pat said, "Put that rod tip up." I said, "Hey, Pat, I, I'm just trying to tell him something different." He's like, "Oh, okay," because Pat used to fish in seven X for wild trout out in right, central right. Pennsylvania, which is what you do. Use that rod as an absorber. Then, yeah, it needs to be that shock exactly. Yeah, but these fish, I, I was telling Nick, I was like, "Break its will, you know. Break its want to live, and just get that fish to the bank now." And, and <clears throat> even that, <clears throat> sorry. Even that, just uh, the like turning its head. Yes. Almost like a steelhead. You know, the same yeah. thing with a steelhead a lot of times. Absolutely. If it's going to run, you, you have to kind of turn its head mm-hmm. and, and get it to want to at least move toward you a little. Yeah, you got to have a one <clears throat> a- angle one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not the right direction I want to be pulling the fish, if it's running in one direction and I can feel it running in a direction, I'll put my rod tip down and pull against its face. You know, mm-hmm. if, if I want it to come upstream, but it's downstream from me, I'll still pull downstream and try to get the angle different to to counteract the fish, just to try to break his will. Yep. You know what I mean? If I want to land him up here, I'll still fight him down this way and then walk him up once he once his will and spirit's broken. When I caught that Dorado in Mexico, it was the same. It was the same thing. I was fighting it. Cause I was pumped because I had been there for five fucking days and not hooked or really seen many fish. So I was fighting it with my rod up and then my brain went, this could be easier for you. <laughs> put, put my rod down and it, it changed. It changed that fight. If you just listen to old Andy Mill. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm telling you what that, that, if no one has seen that video, you should go check out Andy Mill on how to fight fish. Yeah, and he, he does it with a bucket. Yes. And it's, it's a bucket and a pulley. Yep, it's super enlightening. And it's not so god-awful super practical for people in Pennsylvania. Nope. But <laughs> when you're fighting carp, when you're fighting hybrids, and big mm-hmm. fish at pull, it, it is super beneficial to know how to fight a big fish and get the most out of a, a rod. Absolutely. <clears throat> oh, Especially yeah. applicable with... Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of guys in Pennsylvania and Michigan and Ohio end up making the pilgrimage down to Venice, mm-hmm. Louisiana. Big redfish. Big redfish. Yeah. Same with big redfish. That's gonna that's gonna bring that fish in. That's gonna bring them in faster. You're gonna be less sore. <clears throat> the fish is probably gonna live. I do like to sometimes like well, and and the one the one I'm referring to is the biggest one I've ever caught, mm-hmm. which was 14 pounds probably. It's uh, a good fish. And it tore, it tore off, and and I was—it's it's nothing like Floyd the Pussy Magnet would catch. No, <laughs> and I was, but I was with Aaron, and I and I was and I was wanting to show him what these things were made of, what they had, and I was like, check this out, and I was like, and I just held my rod out like this, and it was just like, Zzz! I mean, it just was going. Oh, and when they're doing that, and, that's perfect because you're still using that rod as a shock absorber. Uh, yeah, you know, that, I mean, that's it's, good. It's 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 gonna work, but I mean, you're not breaking your wheel, you're not moving them yeah. where you want them or anything. But at that point, I was just like, check this shit out, dude. You, you want to be on I, every Sims video yeah, I ever? Want, yeah, <laughs> if there would have been just a video on what my reel was doing, everything but like you know smoking, you know, <laughs> at the point, and uh, I just it was just something. My dad's like, you gonna you gonna start running and catching that fish? You gonna go out there and get that fish? I'm like, well, yeah, give me a second. Yeah. We had a trout. We had a he had a net that was made for. A normal size fish. He picked it up out of the air. That, that's one thing. I don't think Nets down there. 
I, I have one today. It's, it'll help here and there. I just but don't. You don't have to. You can beach it. Yeah. yeah. Give yeah. the Erie yeah. shuffle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, but they, they have a handle right here. Just so, like a large yeah. bottle. That day, yeah. did you guys catch? They ain't got no teeth. Nope. <laughs> no, they don't have teeth. You can grab them. You don't, uh, the you don't respect thing, a big one, though. Scariest thing is if there are other hooks on your fly. Yes. Yes, like, them a, like, shaking, a, like a tandem hook. Yeah, them yeah. shaking the other side of a game changer that has a ta- trailer yeah. hook into your hand. I saw that happen to Jay. And you get attached to a striper that's going absolutely apeshit. That's, oh, my, oh, man, that's a head shake in time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. That's a lot good. of hooks in there for that. No, not good time. I can't tell you how many schoolies uh, stripers that I'll, I'll, I'll pick up. And I'll wait until it spins around a couple times <laughs> yeah. to lip it. <laughs> Just oh, get the yeah. timing right. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get that timing right. Be like, yeah, it's it's like a karate kid when he's trying yeah. to catch yeah. the flies the with the chopsticks. I usually yeah. just say, don't, don't, so, don't you fucking move. And they'll do it every time. And they do it every time. <laughs> every time. They never disappoint. So to go along with Pat coming in, his son getting a hybrid. He did not get one this time around, but I'm sure he'll be back for more. Yes. Um. What did Pat get to hang out and do? I know you cooked some good food and. Uh, oh, well, are we doing a grillers corner later? You're not gonna. Uh, you're gonna. Do you want to wait till then to get to all the rest of it? We yeah, let's do grillers corner. But him and his son came and spent the night. The, the meat house. and potatoes. Well, the the cooking of the food I can do at the griller grillers table, but uh, okay. We uh, we took him on a tour of West Middlesex. We did yeah, West Middlesex shit, which was fun, and it's not. We live in a small town. It's not often that we get to show it off to people, but when they come from Podunk, Central Pennsylvania, it's like a thriving metropolis. Is so, that thriving metropolis in Central Pennsylvania? Yes. I thought he lived in Ohio. No, he lives in Central PA. That's why he does the trout fishing he deal. By the oh, I, I like him so much more now. He lives by the Crick Prick. Uh-huh. Shalacy. <laughs> <laughs> he lives uh, uh, by the Elks. Oh. It, Okay. Yeah. He's Clearfield, um, which oh. is still 20 or 30 minutes from Benazette. Well, geez. Yeah. I mean, I said up by the Elks. I yeah. Mean, he's 20, 30 minutes. You, you're talking the Elks Club? Yeah. <laughs> There's what? one in Sharon, man. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but we uh, we went, ended up going to Donna's Diner in Sharon. Had, right. Yeah, man. Had great breakfast. That place, that joint is underrated. There's some new breakfast joints around the valley, and uh, that one's underrated. Did you guys go to OGL for dinner? OGL. Our gang's lounge? We did not, but we passed it. Ooh. And I told Pat, I said, those are the best wings in Mercer County. Yeah. They, they're the best wings in Western Pennsylvania. <laughs> they might just be. Yeah. They're, I mean, Foxtails in Franklin has amazing wings. I think the wings th- themselves are better at Foxtails, but I think the sauces are better at OGL. Give me a hot Gino any day. Oh. Mm. Yeah, man. I... My wife yeah. and I, like, we'll go out for our anniversary. Jilsies. Oh, Jilsies like, are, oh, that's my sauce. We spot. would rather go, my wife and I, for our anniversary. We don't go out to a fancy restaurant. We go to our gangs, and we get wings, and we get a pitcher of beer, and we hang out. Like, that's what we do for our anniversary. It's like you're like, on your way to archery league. It's, but, it's, but it's awesome. Like, <laughs> it's, it's such good food. She prefers that kind of food anyway. Yeah. Like, she's uh, that kind of, you know, if not, we're going to go get steak somewhere. But, like... We just like that place. It's it's nice. It's it's awesome. It's, I I know the guy. Who, I I know Gino. He's he graduated with all my cousins and he, co- he coached my son this year on uh, fall league baseball or fall yeah. ball. I, I know him dude. from the car world, man. <clears throat> yeah, I know him from the car world. I've seen him at dealerships. So we were going to go Saturday, so we we went out and ran our trout errands, and Claire and I did a little bit of fishing. Claire did fishing. I kind of watched. 
uh, picked up some stuff for the F3T and we're driving back. And I'm like, you know, we're close to OGL. She's like, yes. And I would love to go. But I know you're going to order too many wings. And be a sloth tomorrow. And <laughs> then a pitcher of beer. And then I'm going to have to drive home and stop three times so that you can shit on the side of the interstate. Yeah. <laughs> Your wife knows you all too well. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's talking like this has happened before. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see how that's relevant. <laughs> so we went Smart woman. So we went to Talbot's. Which is also oh, good. Yeah, very Which nice place. For lunch is... Awesome. I've heard uh, great things. I haven't gone yet. Oh, uh, dude, you gotta go. My you boy should. buddy goes there all the time, oh, and he tells me it's it, it's, it's really the best. Good. And and I don't know Talbot. I know people that know Talbot, and there are mixed opinions on him. But he was there bussing tables, right? Like we're sitting outside, and he comes outside, and he's bussing tables and taking stuff away. And I was like, my man. Yeah. But but they I, had. I respect that. Yeah. Like you own the place, and the place is. On fire, you right? Don't see, like, you don't see that with business owners nowadays. No, it's always full. Everybody loves it. You can't get reservations for weeks in advance, and the owner is still out there bussing tables. Mm-hmm. I like that hustle. Yeah. Regard, oh, sure, regardless sure. of anything else. The food uh, could have been that's blah. That's just what it but is. The, but the food was yeah, not. He was not. Oh, it he was still he never was is. It never is. Oh, no. can, can I give you guys a pro yeah, tip if you go paid. to Talbot's? Uh-huh. Jalapeno margaritas. So, best in town. Really? Yes. Chad, anything else from Lombardo being in town? Oh, we went to Palumbo's because there's a Palumbo's meat market in Clearfield uh, owned by family. Yes. Uh, he said ours is better. It's a nice place. Um, and then we went to O'Neill's Coffee because it's a local roaster, and it's always on point. So oh, yeah. if you guys come to West Middlesex, we'll give you a tour of the town, uh, do West Middlesex shit. If, it comes, if you guys come later in the year, we'll go frog gigging and drink beers on side-by-sides. And drive uh, around town. I'm down. Yes, I, I'm down. Oh my gosh! Well, you said shit. frog gigging. I'm that, in. Speaking <laughs> of that, Chad, frog gigging is funny as hell. I go out in my garage. I got some ice fishing stuff from a guy. Um, Did he have years spears? And, no, years. No, years and years and years and years ago. And um, I look in this bucket in my garage. I'm like, man, that thing looks like a trident. And I'm like, what the fuck? And there's like three pieces to it. Dude, I had, I had a frog gig the whole time in there. And a nice one, dude. Really? Yes. Big solid metal piece with a three prong. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait for spring. I got your pro tip. Summer. I got your pro tip, but, man. Um, no, the go frog. Ela- the elastic. We I told you this at tying night. The elastic. Yeah. You get, get Chris. The, the big elastic band. and That's that's on point. Brick mm. stabbed a guy in the heart with a trident. He did. What? What? Bricks. <laughs> you better lay low. <laughs> um... Do you want to get into <laughs> your musky fishing or brookie fishing? We got about five minutes. Do you think it's it's going to take longer than that because we're going to interrupt and be maniacs or? Uh, let's let's take a break. We'll get uh we'll get our buddy Aaron on the phone, and then when we're done with Aaron, we'll come back and because I got a I got a lot to talk about uh, a minor airing of grievance uh, amongst my fishing. And uh, so yeah, it's well, going to go longer than five minutes. Okay, we're gonna yeah we'll come back. We're gonna go with some turkey hunting. And then we'll get into all of Chris's stuff and then uh, move on to the F3T. Right on. And right I have, a, I have a, that's, that's our second break. I have a fun story about Mark, too. Oh, yeah. Always good stories about Mark. Did he poo Mark. on his waders? No, Again. not this time. <laughs> but since hey. he's not here, uh, he's fair game. But when we come back, we will have Aaron Shine on the line from the Box Art Gallery and Steelhead Guide for SAO. Hey, and we're back with Aaron Shine, owner of the Box Art Gallery and Steelhead Guide at SAO. And 
our good friend. Hey, uh, buddy. A guy who was floating Hi, with me Aaron. earlier today. Hi, guys. He's done work on 50% of us, 75. Chad, do you have any tattoos? Well, I'm, I'm on the books. He's nice. on the books. Awesome. And his wife has been there My wife has two. twice? Ooh. Yep. I'm, I'm covered, and I'm looking for an artist, bud. Just saying. Maybe Aaron can sell you by the end of this interview. Hey, I'm, I'm <laughs> totally here. I'm here for it. Salespeople are easy to sell stuff. I got to tell you, I, I sent him an email, and I was like, this is what I want. These are the things. And he's like, I'll draw you something. And it was magic. It was, <laughs> it was, it was really quality, and I, I was super happy with it. And I'm still. Thanks, dude. I'm glad. Was was past tense. So uh, I'm still super happy with it. That's so, great. Aaron, I, uh, I got tattooed in uh, the old uh, tattoo shop you had, and uh, you moved to a new facility. Um, Chad and I were there for the opening. I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast yet. So, uh, hey, tell us about the move. And uh, I I actually got tattooed during the move because you took me down there and you showed me some of the renovation during the process. And I got to see some of your hard work and dedication. And, man, doing everything you're doing and doing putting all that together, uh, what did that take? And, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, man. Um, it was a wild, it was a wild summer last year, just the way everything worked out. Uh, me and my wife had bought the building uh, a couple of years ago, uh, really with the idea of moving the tattoo shop in on the first floor. Um, but there were, there were tenants in there. So there was called blush spa and they had like, it was like a little tanning salon and they had some massage stuff and a salt room. Um, just kind of like a lady's spa type thing and we really liked the people that that were renting the space out so it was kind of we just we figured we would just kind of let it play its own course out and when you know whenever they were ready to move out or move on that's when we would make the move into the tattoo shop and i was kind of expecting it to be a couple of years later and it ended up happening last year they moved out right in like right at the beginning of july and steelhead season was going to be starting kind of right at the middle of October. So that, that was the time I allotted myself to get the new shop up and running and in full swing. So I could go, you know, go back to guiding for the beginning of the steelhead season. And, uh, did you do a lot of the tear out? Did you do what? I did all of, of it, man. Yeah. What, I, what parts I, of the uh, construction work, you know, that's what I do for a living. What part of the construction work did you do yourself? And, uh, it looks great. I mean, we walked in it. Yeah, that is an awesome place. Thanks, man. Right yeah, on the right on the front. The space and... is is awesome. Like I said, when we when we originally bought the building, it was we fell in love with that downstairs storefront. It just it it's it has all the characteristics of like a lot of the other buildings, older buildings down here in downtown Warren. It had uh, it was covered with drop ceiling, but once I ripped all that out and exposed all that, it had another like four foot up to uh, like a real decorative tin ceiling that I refinished and um, exposed a bunch of brick. Kind of just brought it back to like its original natural. Um, order and it looks really cool you know it's it's kind of got an industrial look to it and really the only thing that we did was put a floor down um, and I just kind of like like I said just kind of exposed all the old elements that were in the building originally yeah I you know just seeing it halfway through the process and what they had had there I, I don't understand why 
people that yeah. have covered that stuff up in the first place. You know, I know you go man. to houses Honestly, and like, I, the people cover up the old flooring. When, and I was like, up, when I was up on that ladder tearing all that ceiling tile out, I was just th- I was thinking the same thing. Like, oh my god, why would you cover this beautiful, gorgeous ceiling, right? Yeah. Well, then I was I started thinking like, oh, oh shit. Well, maybe it's because of like the heating. But we haven't had a single issue. Like, hasn't been bad at all. So I, I don't know why they covered it. They they covered all the brick, covered all of the original ceiling. It was it was cool though. Like, ex- you know, doing the demolition, it was like a treasure hunt. Every night, I would rip a wall out and find something new behind it. And one other uh, high point to this uh this facility compared to your old one is you have a front door now. Like, yes, to the main That's, main road. That was the big the big deal for us because really location wise, we moved from. 179 market street to 169 right so it's it was we were on the second floor in the old space and you had a you got to come in from the back door so we didn't really have a ton of walk-in traffic which was not really ever an issue because most of our stuff was appointment but as we grew and expanded and hired new tattooers it's it's nice to be down there and have that storefront access we're like we're right in front of the courthouse we're right in between you know, a couple of bars and restaurants and right next to uh, 717 with an ATM. So it's like, it just worked out perfectly where we're located now. And I got to tell you, uh, the thing I'm excited about most, no stairs. Oh, dude, <laughs> tell me about it. As, <laughs> as a fat man, I'm a fan of just walking in and being like, oh, I'm here. I don't have to exercise. <laughs> well, you got to figure like a lot of people spend, you know, spend a better part of the day there and people that are like smokers or that would take breaks to go and grab something to eat. They would come up and down those steps like five or six times in a day. By the end of the day, you could tell they were just like over it. Oh, yeah. Another uh, another high point is um, I've taken my son over there twice with me to pick up gift cards for my wife. There's a comic book store right beside it. So it's an easy yep. sell to get my son to come along with me. Yeah, and we're really hoping to kind of uh, partner up with a lot of people down here. Like, that's my buddy Greg Bartholomew that owns a comic book store. Um, my other buddy, uh, Adam uh, Keck, owns Modern Methods. It's a brewery. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping this summer, now that we're going to have an, an entire summer being open down here, to kind of partner up with them and do some events, whether it be live music, and pair it with, like, flash events or, you know, walk-in tattoos till midnight, that kind of thing, just to just kind of bring some more people in. Yeah, I mean, awesome. And one of my goals in life is uh, I'd like a Colossus tattoo once I get all my fish done. Yeah, that's my man. That's my that's my Marvel man. Colossus and Doctor Strange. Those were those are my boys. What do you think? Well, I just seen Greg the other day out on the road and I was like, man, we got to do something where because I know on Sundays they um, they have like game like gaming stuff that they do over there on Sundays. I don't know if it's like magic, you know, whatever one of those those games are. Like Warhammer? They have, yeah, they have a ton of people coming in and out, so I thought it would be cool to do like Comic Flash, you know, paired with that, have people just walking back and forth. Hell yeah, I would, I would get a Warhammer 40K tattoo, like yeah, tomorrow. That would be sick. I would get yeah. anything DC tattooed on me. DC. So you did something uh, at Halloween. Uh, Chad's wife got a... Uh, wasn't it right around Halloween? Yeah, she yeah. got a ghost. Yeah, it was our Halloween flash event. That was so, one of the first yeah. ones that we had done down there. It was super cool. And well, you should do something like that, even maybe with Marvel characters. That might be something a, cool. With you know, well, it's cool with having multiple artists down there now too. Is how we did that Halloween event. How I'd want to do future events is every artist kind of gets to run like their own little special, right? So I did like. Uh, I think it was a hundred dollars. Get what you get, ghosts. So you would pick in. Nice. I had like a uh, 
a hundred ghosts drawn up on little folded paper and you would pick one out and whichever one you pick, you got. And I think Brian had like a $50 Frankenstein sheet. So yeah, it's cool. So like, it's like a sale within a sale, you know, every artist kind of runs their own, own little promotional sale during those events. And it's kind of like the lottery because my wife got a brown trout ghost, but she said the guy, the guy in front of her got a boner ghost. Yeah, dude. it was awesome. That kid was so special. <laughs> Could you imagine getting for someone to pick that thing? There was actually, I actually put like nine or ten boner ghosts in there just to get some. Wow, just spite, just straight spite. So the first, the the tattoo shop I go to in New Orleans, uh, Downtown Tattoos, they have a you get what you get machine, and it's those old school like we all know when we were kids. They had those little toys in the yeah a lot of yeah a lot of shops are doing that yeah I think that's so cool it's a hundred bucks for a bigger one fifty bucks for a smaller one and you get what you get I yeah. I love that it's not for me because yeah. you know I'm a very very pretty and vain man <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Aren't so, we all so yeah those those so if are it's cool. not I like perfect for events I don't I don't really like. It's not really my style to have that something like that on hand 24 seven on, on a daily, regular daily basis, but for events and fun stuff like that, I definitely dig it, especially being downtown. Um, there's like a, a cool vibe of people walking around and going, you know, from the, from the brewery to the coffee shop to the different restaurants and we just get a ton of foot traffic. So those events are going to definitely be something cool through the summer for us. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. It's, it's not perfect for Warren, Ohio, but, for New Orleans, Louisiana, on Frontman oh, Street. Dude. Yeah, oh, dude, that's oh my god! It's it's just easy money. Like Express you get well, we get people tattoo. all day long that that'll literally message us or stop in the shop and be like, "Man, we really want. I really want to get a tattoo. We just don't know what we want, right?" So if you have stuff on hand, it's really nice. And we don't have a ton of like like flash per se. Um, most of the stuff we do is kind of custom. We draw it up for each individual client. So, um, those events are nice. It brings in a different clientele as opposed to our, just, uh, you know, our appointment guys. And do you, are you staffed up enough now to, uh, <clears throat> to warrant people walking in like walk-in tattoos? Yeah, we have, um, we have a girl named Tasha. Who's our apprentice who always takes, she's always open for walk-ins for most of the walk-in stuff is little stuff, little, you know, symbols, numbers, initials, that kind of thing. And then uh, amongst the staff, there's usually at least one artist that could get someone in throughout the day uh, might not be right when they walk in, but, and that's another advantage of having some other stuff downtown. Right. So someone stops in, it's like, Hey, go down to beautiful world and grab a smoothie and come back in an hour and, will be able to get you in well that's uh that's funny that's a good great segue i was actually at a family party uh just as two days ago, or a day ago and somebody's looking at my arm and i'm like oh i got this from aaron chine you know he owns the shop out in Warren, and um his wife yeah there were six ladies in getting a uh tattoo we talked about today on our float uh of wine glasses and he's up oh, Aaron, you remember every one of you know? It's like, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, funny. You go to a party and people are like, you know, relating. Oh yeah, I went to Aaron. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it was uh, Zach. Zach. Zach was the one who tattooed him. I'm yeah, sorry. Hold on one second, buddy. Oh, I'm you're good, buddy. No, I just was saying. Yeah, but it was. It was. Uh, it, I couldn't believe it. You know. Random. Yeah, I remember that group. That was a group of ladies that came in, and that was uh, before the move. They came in and they all got like. Uh, I think it was fairly similar, but it was like a wine glass type thing. Yeah. Uh, super, super fun group of ladies. 
And I think that was when Zach was actually still an apprentice. I don't think he had even finished his apprenticeship yet. I think it was like and, his, uh, some of his first tattoos, they said. Yeah, and now he's, now he's like just banging away. He's a total stud and doing really, really well. But even then, they they, uh, they looked like a nice tattoo. It was a good tattoo, and you oh, know, yeah. it seemed like he was ready to do what he was going to do. And uh, they said that he was great. They had a great time. And, uh, you know, it was just funny, just random party. You know, I'm going on a float with the guy tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I'll be on a boat with that guy tomorrow. You know what I mean? And Yeah. You know, and and he's the one who tattooed really my arm, goal, too. Man. I really want to try to be, you know, maybe not necessarily a household name, but I want people to – I want someone to know someone that's been tattooed at our shop. Like everybody to know someone that's at least been to the shop at least once. So, and again, um, you know, when you opened up the new place, you had that grand opening and, uh, you know, you had the mayor and all kinds of people there. Uh, tell us a little bit about the grand opening and talk about that day. And then we'll get into some steelhead fishing. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool that the, the grand opening was awesome. Um, the city was, was super supportive. Uh, I know, I know the mayor. So how do you, how exactly do you know the mayor, Aaron, through art galleries and yeah. Um, I've, I've had a couple different art galleries in downtown Warren, uh, since I've lived down here and he's come to a couple of the openings and a couple, couple art shows. And we've done a couple, um, like events together in the alley promoting the Dave Grohl alley and stuff. So he's always been a pretty big supporter of the art shows and uh, stuff that we've done down here. And it turned out we didn't even know until the opening, like his wife had came to the old shop like two weeks prior and Zach had tattooed her. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, she got a new tattoo. It seemed at the place and, uh, she, when we were all there, you guys all cut the ribbon together. Uh, yeah, it was, that seemed like a pretty surreal moment, even in itself. And you also had uh, Dave Grohl swing by, I'm told. Yeah, he uh, he has come through the alley a couple of times. Nobody has seen him, you know, and it's been probably about three years since the last time someone's seen him in the alley. But I was, we were still living in the backspace, and my dad actually was coming to visit. And he called me, and, or no, he sent me a picture of him and Dave Grohl standing in the alley. And I'm like, that's super my cool. My dad doesn't know how to use Photoshop. That's got to be real. So we, like, we, went, we went running down there. Shit, shit. He was just walking through the alley, hanging out. And it's like a Sasquatch with people. If you still some, If you still smoke cigarettes, you would have uh, probably got firsthand knowledge that he was down there. Yeah, for sure. You would have been outside already. No doubt. So does he just like show up to stroll Dave Grohl Alley and be like, <laughs> "Well, his yeah, his dad, his dad passed away. His dad still lived in Warren mm-hmm. um, with his stepmom. So he would come like if they were in Cleveland or had a show in Cleveland or Pittsburgh or anything at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, usually, people were like on high alert. He would kind of come. He would come through at some point. Chris, if you That's had Chris awesome. Sims Alley, wouldn't you just go and stroll through it every once in a while? I yeah. would fucking live in a tent on Chris <laughs> Sims Alley. Be the king of it. Yeah. Definitely yeah, would have at least masturbated a few times really in my own cool, alley. Like, right? I was I was super impressed. Yeah, I would um, the first thing I would do is take my wife there and be like, hey. Well, if you're as cool <laughs> as he is, you don't have to have a wife. You have to have a different girl all the time, and you're that awesome. So you're that awesome. Well, Pretty sure he's not married. Um, so I don't, gonna, I don't mean gonna, to ruin the leave, magic. We're going to leave Dave Grohl and, and get back to Aaron Shine. And um, so you had a long, <laughs> grueling season that you seemed like today you took a big a sigh of relief from. 
Yeah, it was nice. And, and just uh, like, but no, I want to talk. I want to talk yeah. about all the grueling shit before the sigh of relief, and then we'll get to the <laughs> sigh of relief. Um, so you just went through a hell of a steelhead season, and it seemed like you caught every giant steelhead on the f- creek, and you caught fifty five thousand every fucking week. And man, <laughs> what goes into grinding that hard? And man, it it seems like it was a serious grind. Yeah, man, it was it was super intense, but it was it was awesome. It was like. It was one of the most incredible things that I've ever, ever experienced, man. Just being up there, you know, every single day, seven days a week. It was brutal. Um, Not a whole lot of sleep, tons of driving. I would drive back and forth. Um, So it was, it was grueling, but just being up there seven days a week and really being able to like hone in on those fish and follow, basically follow specific pods of fish. Like I'd go up, you know, in the morning, I'd be going up knowing where the fish that I caught at the end of the day, the day before we're going to be that next morning. So we were just on a man and, and not to mention having a team behind you um, and, and with you still had alley outfitters. These guys are literally the absolute best in the game. Um, and just a whole team full of guys that are like that, that are just at your disposal, um, a phone call away, a text away. Um, all these guys have become like, my actual like best friends they're just the greatest dudes uh fish wise you know on the water off the water so yeah it was uh an experience i'll never forget man it was awesome badass season and yeah we caught a ton a ton of fish it was fantastic do you uh where do you spend most of your time or are you everywhere under the sun wherever a steelhead's gonna hit wherever the water's right yeah we're all we're all over the place just basically because of conditions you know so we go wherever the fishing is going to be best and with our systems being as temperamental as they are they change so quickly with just a little bit of rain so we basically don't make the call of where we're fishing until the night before um but we fish everywhere from you know the rocky the chagrin the grand the vermilion the you know all the way over to conneaut and beulah and elk and crooked you know we fish we fish all of all of the alley basically and that's a lot of times what i tell people is like our name still had alley outfitters is more of an indication of where we fish and not what we fish for because we have a pretty pretty good warm water program as well so will you go as far as all the way out to toledo or how how far west will you go um i don't think i mean i don't think we would really go that far west because i don't think we'd really have to because usually something is fishing within those yeah. systems um, that I was talking about, you know, um, something, something's usually fishable. It's, it's pretty rare. And it, I mean, not that it doesn't happen, but we have a lot of small feeder stuff that we're able to get into when things are high and muddy and, you know, we get pretty, we get pretty grimy and we're able to find water on most days. Yeah. I just, I didn't know. I, I made the trip to Toledo a lot this year and passed over a bunch of water and it, it was cool seeing it all, but I just didn't know how far over you guys went and traveled. Yeah, I mean, um, we have guys that do trips all over. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that would be an issue. But as far as, like, on, on the daily, you know, through the season, we, we don't really travel that far, that far west. So, um, this year I saw you had a lot of father and son combos. Did yeah, I... Um, I wouldn't say a lot. I had a couple of them. I had some father-son combos, some father-daughter stuff. Um, some new. I had a lot of new anglers, a lot of experienced anglers. It was a pretty mixed bag of people. Um, we host group trips, so we had um, we had the Philadelphia's Anglers Club up here. We had all the, the whole group from um, all the Norvice guys and all their 
pro tires. So we had a lot of like super experienced guys all the way down to people that have never even touched a fly rod before. That, that's kind of where I was going. Where, so, where do you start out with new anglers that have never touched a fly rod? Uh, where do we start with that? Like, uh, where where do you start? Do you start in the morning with a pep talk and this is what yeah. we're going to do? Yeah, I was just kind of like, you know, yeah. on the walk down to the water, kind of just like a brief explanation of what we do and what we're going to be doing. We always reach out a week ahead of time and, and get everybody's, you know, experience level. And so we, we're not going into the situation blind. If I have new anglers, I know that going into the situation, you usually have a pretty good game plan and usually determine where I'm going to start fishing based on that also. Right. I'm not going to put a, a brand new angler in the middle of the grand on a, you know, on a day that it's moving pretty fast. So I kind of, you know, determine where we're going to start fishing based on their experience level and, try to put them into a spot that you can at least get them casting a little bit and flipping that indicator upstream and running some decent drifts that they're going to at least be able to get into some fish throughout the day. And that's going to be a bead or, you know, some kind of egg pattern every time, all the time on a new angler that doesn't know anything about what they're doing. Yeah. It just kind of depends. Same thing with like where we fish is the same thing as it depends on condition on what we fish a lot. Most of the time through the, through the season, it's, it's eggs, so it's beads, yarn eggs, that kind of stuff. Uh, later in the season, come spring, we, we switch over and we start doing a lot of zonkers on our bottom fly. Um, I think when it's low clear, we fish a lot of nymphs, you know, so it just kind of depends on conditions. But I don't really change my flies based on their experience level, more just like where we're going to fish, uh, where we're going to start off. So do yeah. you get suckered into tying a bunch of yarn eggs and sucker spawns? Oh, after, dude. after a long day I, of fishing, I just that I just did this a really big painting at the last uh, Steelhead Expo up in Cleveland, uh, and I did it in trade with Tim O'Neill from Norvice uh, for a Norvice setup. And I was telling Jay today, like it's going to be so nice to just be tying like giant articulated streamers and not tie a single egg for another six yeah. months. <laughs> yeah, tied so many eggs. Oh my god, it's Man, crazy. Yeah, that leggy you tied that you were using today, the white one. That was a good looking fly. I liked that. Oh, thanks, fly. man. Yeah, I'm, I think I, you put know, some I, weight I, on it. It just had it had so much material on it. it was having a hard time sinking. Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, those the the game changers I tie. They don't do shit in the water. They just look like crap. So they look good on a desk. Yeah, they don't do crap. Yeah, in they the do water, look good right? in a photograph. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't. They don't. They don't. They don't even swim. But, <laughs> no, the the that that fly today. That game changer looked great today. Oh, you're, thanks, man. You're efficient. So, uh, getting into that, like now that you're through your grinding, you know, taking people out for fishing, and you get to enjoy your own fishing a little more, and the, uh, I know that did, and I don't want to say did steelhead fishing change, you know, the having having to grind so hard for it, you know, how big was the relief when you know, the season kind of came to an end? Um, well, it's funny because, you know, it's a giant relief. Um, I got to wake up at like 3.30 in the morning. I usually sleep downstairs so I don't wake the rest of the house with my alarm. So it's like, it's pretty much a 24-7 thing. I, you, you know, then you drive up there, meet clients, fish for the day, drive home, make sandwiches and go to bed for the next day. So it's like, you're pretty committed to it. So it's definitely a relief at the end of it. But I don't know. It was so funny when we finally, when we called like, all right, I think this is probably going to be our last couple of days of fishing. I told my wife, I'm like, 
oh, I miss it. I miss the on season already. You know, we still had like two more trips left. So, you know, it's bittersweet, man. I, I love it so much. It's like, I, I, I just absolutely love it. So it's, it's a bummer when it comes to an end, but yeah, it's cool to switch gears and start fishing for something else and actually get to fish for myself a little bit. It's, it's definitely nice. I know today we had a ball of fun. We didn't get the, uh, the, quite the results we wanted, but it was still just a hell of a good day and a fun day. Yeah, nobody, we caught a nobody decent got, amount of fish, man. Yeah, we, we had you know, that one, the fish that you caught when I saw the picture of it, I, I was a, I looked at it and I was like, oh, that was a good fish. And we, yeah, we, it wasn't I bad at we, all. No, I thought we thought it was a good fish at the time, too. But Yeah. So speaking yeah, of what- um, and it, that's that's another one of those things, like you said, we had a ball today, even though we didn't like catch some kind of like massive fish throughout the day. Um, I kind of keep that. I try to keep that in mind, too, even when I'm out with clients, when I'm guiding is some of the funnest days. And even just the days that I remember the most are, you know, not 20 fish days. They're the, the days where you grind it out for, you know, three or four fish, but you really remember those fish and just have a good time getting on them. So speaking of what you guys did today, are you going to continue your guide season throughout the summer in, in, into some warm water fisheries? Yeah, I'm not. I'm obviously, I'm just not going to keep up like that level of guiding, um, you know, that six, seven day a week schedule. But definitely, you know, one or two days a week, I'm hoping to be taking some trout trips and some, uh, you know, some smallmouth stuff. But this is this is when it gets into the busy time for me as far as tattooing. So I shift gears and I'll be I'll be tattooing probably four days a week and hopefully guiding two days a week and then having a day to kind of, you know, just kick it with the family. Sunday float days. Yeah. On the raft. Yeah. Yep. Big that's, time. That's 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 the deal. So. Yeah. So when I came to see you, that was what, last May? I, it was the old studio. I think it was May. It was right before your trip when you went and landed that monster muskie. Tell us about that that fish, because that's kind of what I care about. You, yeah. <laughs> you and muskies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, um, me and my wife ended up buying a travel trailer, just kind of like an old travel trailer, um, and kept it out of their grandma and grandpa's weren't able to just got the whole thing and, and kind of redo it and make it the way that we wanted. So we just go, um, basically just travel around nowhere crazy, just, you know, and stay in the state of Ohio, but we have some really killer musky lakes. So we'll go and I just take, I have a little kayak, so I'll take the kayak out and just throw giant flies at those muskie all morning um, till the wife and the baby wake up. I usually get about four or five, sometimes six hours of fishing in before they even wake up. Um, and I've been pretty fortunate. I've gotten a couple couple really nice muskie over the past two summers. Yeah, that, that one you caught, because uh, I know we, we had talked about it. I mean, my tattoo was, what, three, four hours, and we talked yeah. about it for 75 percent of the time <laughs> your, yeah. your upcoming trip for musky and I, cause yeah. I was super jazzed for you and then you yeah, sent I me was a... on a mission man like when I, I really try to like set my set my sights on something whenever i go on a trip whether it's you know to get a brown trout or get a musky i really try to like focus on one species tie flies for that fish um leading up to that trip and then go and really try to get after them um and i was fortunate i actually caught that fish I caught that, that muskie on the very first morning that we were there, that we were settled in camping. And I went to take a picture of it. I was on my, like I said, I was on my kayak ripping streamers. So I like got it, brought it, I got it in the net and brought it over the shore. And I got out and I was getting ready to take a picture of it. And I dropped my phone down in the water and it was just so murky. Oh, no. I could not see my phone. So 
I left that fish in the net and ran up. It was only, you could see the, ca- the uh, camper from where I ca- hooked that fish at. Nice. So I ran up, ran into the camper and my wife's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I just caught a muskie, a giant muskie. And I lost my phone. And so I grabbed her phone and I go down there and I take a picture of the muskie on her phone, let it go. And then I called my cell phone and I could, I could see it light up in the <laughs> But I ended up finding my phone. It was hilarious. So. Yeah, it's um, I have a good time out there, man. It's, Is that the same fun. phone you had today that wasn't working for you? No, but I that oh, phone, okay. my phone today, I, dude. When I take pictures for clients, like I dropped this this phone that I have now, I've dropped in the river probably a thousand times, dude. It just and, gets trashed. And he's got a crazy setup for client pictures, like lights off, black background. He's got his. Uh, Oh, we're talking about clients that are fishing. He dropped them in yeah. the river. Oh, oh, oh I'm clients, talking. I, yeah, 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 I went no, right that, to yeah, tattoos. Yeah. Uh, he's like, we're going to do this. And I'm like, I don't yeah. deserve any of this. And he's like, well, <laughs> your tattoo does. And I was like, <laughs> you guys, you got to see it at the new shop, man. I got an actual like dark room um, specifically for taking photos of our, our tattoos. Well, oh, I, ho- yeah. I hope I to see it, man. real, real, real soon. He was like, got, like <laughs> what Not- the hell are you in a white T-shirt for, man? He's like. Here, here's a black T-shirt, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. right thanks, man. That's an insider hack yeah. to the tattoo shop. Our box hack is if you want to score a free T-shirt, wear a white shirt. When you're getting your tats, he'll give yeah, you a black we'll T-shirt. Give you a black when you're shirt your... so we can get a yeah. photograph. Do you have any 3XL talls? Because I will wear. <laughs> we, do, a... we do not. <laughs> Weird. I did. It's such I, a common. I got size. really lucky. I don't understand. I got really lucky today, and I scored a a, a sweatshirt. Too, a so. child small? I can't, wait, no, <laughs> it's an extra medium, you son of a bitch. Small's on a popular size. It's the only extra medium he had. Well, wait, when I messaged you last night, I'm like, man, I hope I don't offend him. Like, I don't know, I don't know if like people get weird about asking what size. I was like, hey, what size men's sweatshirt do you wear? Five T. Five T. He wears a lady small. I would have guessed wrong. Medium. I would have guessed wrong, Chris. Ex- no extra medium because you have. I gotta fit all my muscles in there. Well, you have to cut a little bit of a V out of the neck to get your nose over. It. <laughs> oh, you're damn right. You oh, got man. There you go. I like it, Chris. That's a good one. That's, that's right on. We can end the show hey, now. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. You're, you're, wait, wait. And we're okay. back. So, so, uh, our buddy PJ he made a, a nose joke today. PJ did. Yes, and funny thing is, Aaron, Aaron has a large nose as well. Okay, so yeah, he's I'm in a, a boat. He's in a boat with two big nosed dudes. Okay, so it's like he's your beak little to beak. your little stumpy ass is between two big ass nosed guys, and you're making yeah. big nose jokes. So Seriously. I mean, he was in bad company. So did you Aaron's get the, in my own company here. Did you get to rob PJ's pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? No, because. Because he's a, he's a leprechaun. I, I have to spell this he, joke out for you. Okay, he does. He's a leprechaun. Yes, he does. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> he is a ginger. He was wearing the same he's wearing the same shirt we all have on to not try to die from the sun. But he yeah. is he hey, look, thank he's you like take, my wife. Thank you for taking my don't die in the sun advice. Yeah, man. You wear your Oh your, yeah. Sunscreen. Got, we we, we all had our no, yeah. we all had our hooded hooded sun shirts on today. I was working on my boat. I had my today. Cortland, my Cortland hooded sun shirt on today. Working on my boat Queen today, wearing a hooded sun shirt. Yeah, you have to, right? We all had them on. Because well, I I went to the dermatologist last week because I've got this weird spot on my leg that I found in Mexico, right where the sun is. 
Well, if always the, on. If that doesn't get you diabetes, it's gonna. Mexico? No, no. I was just saying. Like the, churros the are a little sweet, but like everything else is pretty safe. Can you, you refer to your angles as churros from now on? All right, we're still we're we're still actually with My Aaron Shine are... here. Yeah, Aaron, uh, if you haven't gone to the dermatologist, please do so. Uh, <laughs> PSA: Wear sunscreen. Back to Aaron Shine. So uh, you've got a kid. How is that affecting your fishing? Um, honestly, I think I fish. I mean, I've been out way more, but I think it's because my wife's cool with it because I make money doing it now. Right, so <laughs> you've cracked so the code, my yeah, friend. I think, uh, if it wasn't for guiding, I think I probably would not be spending nearly as much time on the water. But fortunately, it's uh, helping pay some bills, so she uh, she encourages me to be out. And the little guy, I got some pretty good advice from our guide coordinator Nate Miller um, early on when I started guiding, and he said to make sure that you don't just call it fishing; make sure you call it fishing work around the kid, you know, so they don't think you're just like out fishing all day long. You're actually out working, you know, making money. And so I call it fishing work and he understands it for what it is. And some days he doesn't want me to go. Some days he could care less and mom's cool with it. And yeah, seems to be working out. Awesome. Um, you, uh, again, you, you've literally cracked the code. So, yeah, I am. Um, dude, that long drive every morning, like, I don't, I think it's like the worst part about the whole thing is because I just, I just like think, like, how the fuck is this happening, man? How's, how am I able to do this right now? Like, I'll, you know, I go downstairs and I'll walk through the tattoo shop, make sure everything's locked up and, you know, kind of thank whoever the big man is upstairs for that tattoo shop after I thank them for, you know, looking at my wife and my kid when I walk out the door and then I drive to fishing and yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very, very fortunate, and I'm I'm aware of it though, so I'm very I'm very grateful for it all. Awesome. So is Louis? Does he does he uh, give any indication that he's interested in fishing with you? Yeah, yeah. He sits at the vice with me every now and then. He he I, he really enjoys like sitting at the vice and making bugs. He understands what that is. Um, and just recently, he's been saying, you know, you want to go fishing? Well, I just took him to Mosquito yesterday. We fished off the dock just for bluegill. Um, you know, he's, he, he's only forced and he has the attention span of a four year old. So he doesn't make it very long. I haven't tried to like take him, you know, with a fly rod to a river or anything crazy like that. I just kind of do, do stuff that I know is going to be fun and quick, gratifying enjoyment for him. Yeah. Amen. Last week I made it 15 minutes with my six year old fishing for crappie. Oh, that's amazing. And yeah. That's a, that's, that's and, a win. And, and that was my goal. I was like, if we can make it 15 minutes, with this kid who doesn't understand emotions or time or anything, uh, that's a win. And he's... Bro, I have I have I have fishing clients that I feel that way about. <laughs> <laughs> you, need, you need to you you guys need to beat the fishing. Well, not 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 a four year old, but your six year old. You gotta beat the fishing into him a little more. Well, it into my, so, my son's so, nine and he doesn't give a shit. See, we were sitting in the middle cool. of a lake. Like, like daughter, it's different than like. My daughter likes to get him beaten into her. Waiting. What? I don't know, man. Yeah, like, like, like that's the, the only thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, beat the, the fishing into You gotta like the take them no matter if they want to go or fucking not. What's that? 
Jay was talking about how he beats the shit out of his kids. No, I was saying you have to, you have to, you have to take Savage. them. You have to take them no matter they want to go or they don't want to no, go. No I take what. them regardless. Oh no, man. My dad made me fucking. Uh, I know. Do a that's lot of what troll, made you a lot better. Of trolling for Walleye, and I do not like trolling for Walleye. Now. Yeah, same here. Oh. It made you a better person Aaron, in the end. Aaron, same here. We used to go to Canada every year, and my dad would set us up with Lindy rigs, and we would troll for Walleye. And if anything were to go wrong, anything, like if we miss a strike or didn't didn't let the line out for 10 seconds correctly, we got our asses chewed out. Oh, and look yeah. how great a yeah. fisherman we you are a, for we that, like though. A, That's what I mean 20, in 20-foot arrow glass stingray taking, like, two-footers over the bow. Yeah. Just... Just terrifying. But stuff, this is the man, reason we were on a podcast and other people aren't. But I don't, I don't want <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a I don't lot. want to fish like that. Like I have no. found literally the hardest way. This is why our kids catch... are waking are, are growing up to be weaklings, and we weren't. Here's the thing: I have chosen the hardest way to catch the hardest fish in the world yeah. because I don't want to do it the same way. My dad told me to do it. <laughs> I'm going to fly fish for fucking musky. The fish of 10,000 casts with a spinning rod. But I'm going to use a fucking whippy rod. Yeah, multiply it by four. Yeah. <laughs> because I refuse to let my dad win. Who I love very much. You have some serious issues, bro. Hey, yeah, a yeah, ton, ton of issues. <laughs> that got real deep. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I didn't mean to <laughs> On a lighter yeah, note, I mean, I still like, oh. I still like walleye fishing with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell you what. If my dad called me tomorrow, uh, who also, I, I have to say this because he might not, he'll probably not listen to this podcast. But I have to tell you guys, my dad started making, uh, making rods. Again, he did it for years and years when we were growing up and then stopped doing it. I got to send you guys some pictures, man. You got to see some of the rods he's doing, man. He's doing like themed rods. They are so, so slick. Awesome. Is he doing graphite or? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. My dad's 81 years old. And if he called me tomorrow and said, let's go to Canada and troll for walleye, I would be on, I would be in his car tomorrow. Oh, I have no doubt. Yeah, that's awesome. You got to hear about this, this, this bamboo rod though. I know where you're going with this story because, you know, I, I heard it today. I want the, with I, the bamboo rod that your dad made for you. I want yeah. to hear more. Yeah. Uh, he made me um, an actual bamboo rod for Christmas one year. It was cool. We, like, both kind of surprised each other. I did him this really badass brown trout painting. Um, and he had seen it, and I told him that I sold it to some guy out west, and he was, like, so bummed about it. And I made him, like, wait another month and a half. And then surprised him at Christmas for it and thought I, like, got one over on him. He went, like, walking up the steps and came walking down with this rod tube. And here he had made me uh, a, an actual split bamboo rod, man. It's so dope. But I used Holy it one shit. time, and I'm so afraid to break it. I just – I can hardly use it. I'm too, I'm too afraid to use it. <laughs> That's super awesome. My, yeah, it's sweet. My dad made me my first striper rod. Nice. Yeah, he got a bunch of Saint Croix blanks and uh, made me the made the rods. You know, wrapped the guy, all that stuff. Yeah, super I, cool. Yeah, this this bamboo rod's sweet. It's it's super old school. It's got like the actual metal posts and yeah, it's it's sweet. 
That's, I love it. That's awesome because that St. Croix rod my dad built, I love my father with all my heart, but it is the shittiest rod I've ever cast. In my <laughs> <entire> <laughs> yeah, my dad's actually man. He's he's really on it, man. He's doing a Darth Vader rod right now for um for a guy, and it's like black on black wrap, mm-hmm. just like super slick. It's it's sweet, dude. Any interest in making two of those? Yeah, that's he's. I'm trying to. I'm. I would really want to try to get him an Etsy page. Um, and one of my buddies, uh, Jonathan Creed, is they hired him to take over the fly shop, like the fly section at the new Bass Pro Shop that they're putting out by us. So I'd really like to try to have get a couple of my dad's rods in there. Like I said, he does really cool, like themed ones. They're they're sweet, man. Yeah, I would. I would. I would absolutely buy a Darth Raider. A Darth Vader. He's done a. He did an Ohio State one for Billy Price, um, who plays Ooh. in the NFL now. Um, he's friends yeah. with his dad. He went to Ohio State, and um, his dad ordered a rod for Christmas for him, so he did an Ohio State one. And man, this thing came out so slick, dude. That sounds wonderful. I would love an uh, Ohio. Oh, so wow. sharp! I'll send you pictures, Jay. I can't get behind yeah, an Ohio State rod, I, but I'm I'm into the uh, the old, you know, a good box rod. Yeah, he did me a box one for uh, for the opening of the shop. I don't know if you guys seen it when you were there. No, I didn't see that. I have it like um, kind of like on an angle above my door in my in my office, but it's all black. Like the shop's all black and gold, so it's all black and has this really super decorative like black pinstriping type wrap going up, and it's so slick, dude. Is that why you have a a fully gold musky in the? Um. Yeah. Well, that was <laughs> that was a musky that I had caught years ago. Um, and had a buddy do a, do a replica for me of it. And it was like, you know, just like regular, it looked just like the actual musky. Yeah. And then when I was doing the shop, I had that couch sitting there in that front lobby. And I'm like, I'm painting that musky gold, man. Yeah, it's just <laughs> out there enough just, that it I catches just, like, your eye. I spray painted it gold and put it up above the couch. <laughs> it's like my favorite thing in the shop. It's pretty sweet. Look, I'm going to hit you with a like a serious nerd vibe right here. But could he make me like... Uh, a Qui Gon Jin or like an Ahsoka Tano fly rod? Because like an oh, ah- yeah, an Ahsoka yeah, Tano fly rod would Bless make you. me happy. You're tuning into my inner nerd right now. <laughs> oh, Ahsoka! <laughs> Ahsoka's my favorite. So uh, no, I, I, sh- I shut the entire podcast. I haven't just like a mic personally, drop. Personally, <laughs> no, I'll take an Obi Wan Kenobi. And the nerds killed the I, show. I like yeah. Obi. Obi. Obi had the best battles ever with Darth Vader. So. So, dude, I should tell him just to do like a whole Star my, Wars yeah, series. Yeah, kind of my like, thing there. I'll, I'll take another one. All Star Ep- Wars things. Like a Boba Anakin. Fett one would be sweet too. Oh, or like a dark saber. <laughs> yep. So here's also I'm, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I have an entire wall of my house. So back in like the early <laughs> early two thousands, they had the master replica Star Wars lightsabers. I bought them all. I bought ah. the I bought the Qui Gon. I bought the Obi Wan. I bought the Master Yoda. I bought the Darth Maul, and they're all on my wall. You just have a collection of machined aluminum at your house. Yeah, and honest to God, every time I look at them, my all my kids want to do is fire them up and play with them. I so, bet. so they so I bought them these Lego Zelda swords, right? And they're like, Papa, we're gonna fight. And I grabbed that Darth Maul double bladed lightsaber. Game on. And I feel like 
game and on. I beat the shit out of my yeah. six and three year olds, and I feel no remorse. Child abuse from the force. Ah, but it's so awesome. It really is. So my kids are like, hey, can we have the other ones, the green one and the blue one? And I'm like, mm, no, because you haven't earned them yet with your character. You need to be better men. You need to do side quests. Yeah. <laughs> side quests. <laughs> no, but I'm a, I'm a Star Wars Nord, so Nord, nerd. So if they could make me like an Ahsoka Tano. All right. Uh, well, well, one of these days, we'll have to get a hold of everybody. Yeah. And we'll, you guys will get that done. We um, can nerd out on that later. Jay <laughs> hey, is I bored. A, hey, no, I have a serious, I have an agenda here, and it's called this list I have, and uh, Chad said he wasn't going to defer me from it, but you are, you dick. So, um, I could meet you anytime <laughs> I want. Yeah, yeah, you big bastard. Um, so... Something that you had mentioned to me in the boat today, and I wanted to get to today, uh, was the Norvice. And you had had those guys out, and you got a Norvice, and I want to hear what you think about it. Um, we do Vice Talk. Um, yeah. We There's guys here that have Renzettis and um, Peak Vices and all yeah, kinds of, above all kinds of cool Regal, different fucking Vices. I mean, Regals and... I, like I said, they're like, so just explain it out, and let, I want to hear a little bit about the Norvice. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I, I started on a peak, and then I have a Renzetti Traveler that I would keep at the kitchen table, uh, where was where we spend most of our time because I I literally have to tie a, a dozen or two dozen eggs almost almost daily uh, through season. So um, I got the I, we took the O'Neill crew out. They come in, they take a big group trip um, through Sao. We take them out. They come in for a week, and so I got to know Tim O'Neill, the owner of Norvice, pretty well. And he'd seen, I did a painting for Stephen Nimick. Uh, he's another kid that was on staff of one of the brown traps that he caught when he was out in Patagonia. And I gave it to him at the end of one of the O'Neill trips and Tim had seen it. So we started talking and he said that they were getting ready to move into a new bigger office. And he wanted just like a giant steelhead painting. So we got to talking and I, I wanted a Norvice setup. So we decided to do kind of like a trade. Well, once we figured out, I ended up doing like a four foot by five foot steelhead painting. And I did it at the uh, Steelhead Expo up in Cleveland. I actually did it live. I did it like four or five hours. Um, so we found out that it ended up, it would cost more in shipping than for him to come in and get a hotel for a night and go fishing, go steelhead fishing, take another trip for a day. So he came back into town um, after they were done with their show season for Norvice and fish for a day and at the end of the day i gave him his painting and they hooked me up with a just like a full norvice setup like the marble stand and the light um the toll holder like dude just all pimped out and i'm not just saying this it is an absolute game changer um just an unbelievable tool it's it's really really phenomenal what it could do and i'm just really kind of you know getting into all of the the things that it's able to do so being uh you know and and a guy like me i you said it's a total game changer how does it hold different hooks and does it hold uh shanks well are there yeah. different are there different um do you have to have 
you know, different attachments or different things to hold different hooks and, uh, how's that all go for the Norvice? There's, there's, I believe three different jaws that go with it. And I think they gave me all three of them. I ne- I have not yet put in the, the large jaws that are, they're really big. So the standard I've already tied, I don't know, a, a, a dozen or two game changers, you know, four or five inch game changers. So they hold a little articulation, spine in the standard jaw. Um, and I've tied eggs in it. I've tied white death zonkers in it. And that's in the standard jaw. So I put the smaller jaw in just to see, and I tied a couple, I tied down to like a 22 little, just a bunch of little zebra midges just to see how the rotary on it would work with those little flies. And dude, I mean, I'm honestly blown away. The, the thing for me that I was, I don't want to say nervous about, but the, the reason I had not like pulled the trigger and bought one was the auto bobbins. I was nervous because I know how I am as a tire. Like when I get home at the end of the day, I don't want to have to do any extra work. I just want to bang out these eggs spend the rest of my time with my kid you know um so i didn't want to be loading up these auto bobbins and i I just was unfamiliar with how that worked and here it basically has just a little attachment that you throw in your cordless drill and you load them up it takes like 30 seconds and those auto the auto bobbins are as much of a game changer as the vice itself man i mean they are it's just so nice and efficient i saw don petruzzi tying on one with a norvice um when we went up to Ryan's shop for the musky opener last year, it is, it's not like any uh, normal fly tying that I've ever totally seen. Totally different. It's totally different. It's like a different sport. Yeah. And you could use it as a standard, you know, traditional vice, just have it locked into place. But when you pull back that, that head and release it and you're able to just spin it, I mean, you could color, cover the hook of a shank in a second just by spinning that butt. You just spin it run that that thread up and down the shank of the hook and it's covered you know you could do that with all those with all of the materials i mean it's just it's it's unbelievable how how different unique it is and the things they're able to do with it so with that like did you have to go online and look up new techniques and learn how to use it or was it how and how user-friendly was it to it's learn things like that yeah I, I mean, I looked up a couple of things, but only after I had been like playing with it, tying with it. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory. You know, it's, it's basically just like a, it's just a rotary vice on steroids almost like okay. it, it just spins freely and it has um, like a stand off to the other side that you, that you put your hook or that you put your thread on. Right. So like you could, you would put a half hitch on that on your hook and then run that thread over to that little post and now you could use both your hands and you you know wrap that that hook with whatever material you're using with the rotary with your one hand and then use your right hand to actually hold the material. So it's it's really cool. And then it has it, it does so many other things too. Like um, like that I'm just just discovering like as far as um, feeding it dubbing. Like you could spin it and just kind of feed your thread that dubbing. And it makes just a, just a perfect like dubbing loop on there. I mean, it's, and it takes like a second. So, you know, it's a little bit of a learning curve, but one kind of figure out the easy way of doing things then it, you're just flying through, through shit then. So I'm sorry to be, uh, um, uneducated on this. Does it help or make a, the process faster for tying like, let's say eggs or elk hair caddis? Or is it more for flies that are tied in the round, like a game changer or something 
like that it's for both like when i'm tying like if i'm tying ecstasy eggs i could tie i could tie them in like three seconds oh perfect so that, you know, you just that's worth tie your material on spin that handle it spins or spins your material around tie it off and you're done okay so you're not tying sucker spawns with like the loops and all the the bs that goes into that I mean, you can, like, it's, like I said, you could use it as just a traditional vice. Yeah. Like it just locks into place and just hold your hook if you're going to tie something like that. But it's, it's more, it's advantage is it's rotary features. Okay. So t- flies tied in the round basically. Yep. Okay. That's cool. Yep. That, that's awesome. Yeah, super cool. I remember the first time I saw one, it was uh, like the 2005, 2006 fly, uh, the fly fishing show. And it was over in uh, New Jersey. I don't remember the exact name of the town. Cause Somerset. 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 Thank show. you. Yeah. Yeah. And they had their pro there showing it off. And this guy's tying flies in like 20 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, like, and that's the thing is once you okay. learn how to use it, you know, to, it's, it's unbelievable. It's really, really cool. Yeah. It, it, it looked amazing. And I, and I said to myself, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, pretty much everybody on staff uses one at, at NSAO for the most part, right? Because we've been taking these guys out for years now. So just in like, you know, talking on the river and fishing with these guys, these guys have all switched over and been using these orbices. So anytime we do an event or have it have a table, like at the like at that expo that I was doing the painting at, um, um, Pat Patrick was there um, tying flies. John was there. Like a lot of our guys were there tying flies, and they were all tying on this Norvice. And I just kept looking over, like. God damn, I got to get one of these things, man. They're just like spinning these flies out like so fast and so efficient. Um, really, really neat tool. Super yeah, cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And back then, I was only tying like 2004, 2005, 2006. I was really in the saltwater game. So I'm tying like crabs and clousers and deceivers. And and at that point, that that it didn't do anything for me other than like it didn't beat my regal by that much, right? But, but if I was doing what you're doing, it would it would destroy it, destroy yeah. it. It's a, such a cool vice, and the way those guys like once you get the hang of it, and once you once you learn to how to master that thing, it is a wizard. It's yeah. super and cool. And the auto bobbins, like I said, the auto bobbins themselves are are really nice tool. And also, auto bobbin is is basically you know like if you have if you have your your you're bobbing all the way down. You have all that slack. You got to kind of like use your fingers to wind it back up. Right. To like go to, to like pull all that slack out of your thread to like wind it all the way back up to the hook before you start wrapping it around the hook again. Mm-hmm. Those auto bobbins, like they basically load up, like they're like spring loaded. So it, it automatically pulls it right up. So you don't have to pull that slack in yourself. So basically you could hold that auto bobbin directly underneath your hook shank. That's in your Norvice. And then with your left hand, you could spin that Norvice and just follow up and down, back and forth, up and down the hook shank with that thread and just like coat that thread hook, right? So it's like the two together, the combination of the auto bobbin and that that Norvice, the actual vice itself is just magic, man. It's, it's pretty dope. Yeah, it's super dope. If anybody's considering it, what would you say, like how long of a learning curve is it? Like if you've been using Regal or Renzetti or Peak or whatever, how long do you think it takes you to master, to go from a peak to uh, to this vice? 
How long? Uh, honestly, I don't know because I just got it like f- probably five days ago. So I'm still learning <laughs> myself on it. <laughs> right but just on. in these five days, I mean, I've been, like I said, I've tied eggs. I've tied game changers. You know, it's not it's not any like major learning curve to where you're going to be like, Oh my God, I don't know how to use this thing. You know, you're just going to, the more you use it, the more I think you're going to get, get the advantages out of like the little things that it's good for. It's not going to make you want to quit the hobby. No. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> yeah. Because like, if you get frustrated, like I, I forget what the hell I was tying, but like actually spinning, it was just taking so long. So I just used it like a regular vice, you know, for that part of the fly. Mm-hmm. You know, I just didn't, just didn't spin it. I just locked it into place and, Tied it like a regular, like it was in a in my Renzetti or whatever. And it holds uh, the shanks very well as well. Yeah, yeah, it holds them in there super tight. Good. Yeah, it's got very nice. The jaws are awesome. All like the actual like components of it are unbelievable, man. It's, yeah. I mean, they make everything in house, like right at their shop. So it's all you know, machine stainless and. I mean, it's it's a really really quality product. I was blown away at the quality of the materials. I messaged him when I was unboxing it, and I was like, "Dude, I'm like, I'm like, this thing is so nice. I'm like, I can't believe just the quality of the material and stuff." What, where is impressive. the shop? Is is it an American shop? Yeah, yeah, they're in Delaware. Awesome. Everything's made. They make all their stuff in house. That's awesome. Support support yeah, American cool. made. So, hey, Aaron, running pretty pretty long here um which um, is okay I, I'm, I'm the guy who has to cut this shit off now and again and i know you have to get to uh what was the show you were getting to, to with your wife tonight oh 90 uh, fly fishing no it was 90 what was it 90 <laughs> you dick 90 day well come on you do come on buddy come on Dude, it's 90 day fiance 90 day fiance okay that's what it was so <laughs> i knew there was some 90 AD fiance we had to get to tonight so wait and you hey. choose to fly fish with him when he calls you out like this aaron so no this is <laughs> Aaron is one of my best buddies, all right? <laughs> Not many people are allowed to call me out on 90 Day. Jay's allowed. No, this is my friend. Aaron, I got to ask we'll you. It, this is the same reason uh, Chad has put up with me for the last, I don't know, uh, 25 to 27, 30. Closer 30, to 30, 30, asshole. 30, 30 some years. So 30 years or whatever it'd be. Um, I don't understand how. I don't I don't get it either. But... Uh, so hey, get to I, we had a long day today, and I have one. We more literally question. we woke up at five o'clock this morning to meet each other, and you've been out with me all day. You've been talking to me all night. I'm sorry, um, Aaron. Yes, it's been terrible. It was no, I had I had a wonderful day. Um, yeah, I did too, man. It was great. And but hey, go spend some time with your kid before he has to go to bed if you haven't already. For sure. And uh, get to your wife, and uh, we'll talk again soon, and we'll be out, and we're gonna. You'll be a regular staple on the podcast, I'm sure here. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to it, man. We we love you, buddy. Hey, our uh, what are you doing next Saturday? Next Saturday, yeah. I'm not 100 certain. Yeah, we're on the air right now, so your answer is very important. Ft F3T. I am uh, I am hosting the F3T in Franklin, Pennsylvania. There's a fly fishing expo from two to five. We've got a couple good vendors. You can get some prizes, and then the fly fishing film tour is from five to seven thirty. Uh, you don't have to answer the question, but I wanted to get the plug out there because we would love to see you. I, I love will. it. If I'm able to, I'll definitely stop down. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. And uh, yeah, 
That'd be really cool. Been so, great talking to you tonight, man. No, so we're going to hang up with Aaron. Let, let Aaron get some plugs in real quick. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Aaron, where can people find you on Instagram, on Facebook, on the internet? In the yeah, the world? shop is just the box gallery, um, where they could just search me by name, Aaron Chine, C H I N E. And if somebody wants to go get a steelhead guide trip. Steelhead Alley Outfitters, man. Best in the biz. Right on, brother. Thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate having you. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Hey, and we're back, and um, Chris has a lot to say, and he seems like he's going to have a lot more to say. So uh, he's done some fishing, and uh, as soon as he gets done in about, I don't know, in the next three hours, um, we're going to get we're gonna get to uh, some turkey hunting from Jim. So, Chris, uh, you did some musky fishing, and you went brookie fishing twice, which I really actually want to hear more about the brookie fishing than I want to hear about the musky fishing, but start them whatever you want to. Well, you got it backwards. I went musky fishing twice and brookie fishing once. Uh, the first musky fishing was uh, an absolute dud. Like, I went out on the big river. It was too high. I cast for six hours, and I saw absolutely nothing. The end. The next one, that was solo. The next one, I, uh, Mark and I had talked about getting out. And Mark and I met and went to a local lake. And we had, we have fished this lake this time of the year before. And to... To really know success. We've moved fish, but we've never hooked a fish. So we went out and, uh, you know, the world was calling for three to six mile an hour winds with like 10 mile an hour gusts, which perfect. So we, so we decided to meet at nine because it was 30 degrees prior to that. And there's no reason to do that this time of year you want to wait till the water heats up and absolutely so we kind of fishing yeah so we got out there and the water was 48 degrees which is still a little chilly but you know it's it's fishable so we fished hard for seven minutes until mark hooked his first fish (laughs) and it was a largemouth bass Mm. a 15 inch largemouth bass took an 11 inch Double Buford. Yeah, coming in, from Mark, that's a big. I already it, knew he was fishing a big fly. Inhaled that that some bitch. And did he basically hook set it over top of himself like somebody who'd never hooked for brook trout in his life, like I did the first time? Oh, no, no, like musky fishing. That, like that in the trees. No, that thing hit, and I watched Mark strip set, and his arm almost dislocated from his shoulder and i'm like okay we're not talking about a big fish here (laughs) (laughs) and he strips it in and honestly it was a 15 inch largemouth and it's like a early spring largemouth so it's basically pale right i'm like it's almost clear yeah (laughs) so mark throws it back and we're like all right fish are eating it's gonna be a good day (laughs) nothing crickets the rest of the day like we floated that entire lake, never moved a fish. Uh, so we run the whole way up to the end. We run the whole way down to the other end, and we're working our way back. And uh, so the, the wind. And for the record, the wind was not three to nine; it was ten to fifteen. Mm. 
with like 20 to 30 mile an hour gusts. So we were a little caught off guard. Like when you go on Lake Erie and they're like, oh, it's going to be one to three. No, it's three to fours. And your wife ends up throwing up. What day was this? Uh, Last Saturday. Friday. Last Friday. Good Friday. We went fishing on Good Friday because that's what Jesus would have wanted. Yeah, why not? That was his final request. Absolutely. If you're going <laughs> to fish, like, for, oh, well, if you're gonna... hurts like hell, but go fishing. Yeah, sure. Because you, you can't eat beef, so catch some fish. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Maybe you can't eat beef. Yeah, teach me well, to fish, right? I, I lived on hot dogs on Fridays yeah. during Lent. <laughs> uh, I mean, as a... I go to church because my kids go to Catholic school and church is important to my wife and I love my wife and an hour of my day Sunday is worth more than 20 hours of the rest of the week arguing about it. So I go to church. So good Friday, we went fishing. <laughs> and, and Sundays we drink. That would, that would have been a lot funnier if that would have been whiskey. It's not. It was just water. Yeah, at this point, it better be water. <laughs> and uh, we, I mean, other than that largemouth, we caught nothing. But the story is in the middle of the fucking lake. I go to turn. So let's start with my my batteries are lead acid batteries. And they're four or five years old. And I go to turn them. I go to turn the trolling motor in the middle of the lake. And we're, I don't know, 700 yards away from the dock. And I go to turn it. And it's like, oh. And it's turning so slow. And I was like, Mark, we have a small problem. And he's like, what's that? I'm like, we're out of juice. And he's like, we've only been here like five hours. And I usually get eight nine hours out of my batteries and this is an electric only lake and he goes what are we going to do and i'm like well let's use all that juice to get to the cove close to the dock so we shoot over there and he's like no no, you're fine so i crank it up to 10 and we've got like one mile an hour and i'm like mark fine's not the word I this is a big ass boat we are not fine (laughs) it's a 20 foot boat i'm 295 pounds at this point uh we gotta we gotta fix this so we get in the cove and we just run drifts right back and forth nothing and he's like you know you really shouldn't run those batteries below 50 percent." and i was like mark they made it four and a half hours i don't give a fuck about these batteries anymore they're toast like i've i've charged this thing for three days straight I've had them for four years. Uh, our winners here are awful. Like, these batteries are toast. So, uh, I got home that day. Uh, we made it. We made it back. I, I may or may not have had to use my 105 horsepower jet motor <laughs> on an electric only like. Uh, I'm not going to incriminate myself. That's so. what I was about to say. So it was an outboard kind of day, right? It, on an electric it, it certainly was not, Jim, in case anybody ever asks. <coughs> uh, so I I decided instead of buying uh, $185 lead acid, lead acid batteries every three years, I'm going to spend the money and I'm going to buy some lithiums. So then I went down the fucking rabbit hole 
of lithium batteries out there. And I found some great ones. I found some okay ones. But the ones that got me were the ionic batteries because they have Bluetooth. <laughs> oh, geez. That's mind-blowing. That will tell you their charge. <laughs> so, so they go right along with your Tenkara friend. Oh, my God. They do everything, but... Listen, no, no. They, we, we, when, we, when we do. They have they, their that, other, the other hand of your, your now batteries. The other hand on your battery is now on your cock doing the upside-down uh, Texas-style I'm telling you, to have a reliable information about your charge on a 36-volt battery system, Okay. awesome. And so it tells you your charge, your draw, your amperage. Like when you plug them in, it tells you how long it's going to take you to charge them to 100%. Okay. You wouldn't want to drive a car, Jay, and have it not tell you that the alternator is charging the batteries. Correct? Talking to the microphone so I can hear you. You wouldn't Jed, want to drive right, a car, Jay. First fucking th- there you go. Is your first time on a podcast? But everyone heard what I said. You tell me for I, real. Yeah. Oh. You, yeah, you don't want more information? It's happening now. I don't want less information. No, I get you. But I don't want this information boring up the podcast. We can, it's not boring. People, we, no, Jim, we, tell, tell them how we interesting cannot, it is. We cannot compare this to Tenkara. <laughs> Period. End. We cannot compare this to Tenkara. This is this is this is revolutionary shit. Here. I'm trying to get to you talking about turkey f- hunting with your kid instead of people talking. There about is nothing. Ten- so there about, is nothing so Tenkara about lithium. I will. I batteries. will wrap up quickly. Uh, I upgraded my boat to lithium batteries because you can run a lithium battery to zero. Uh-huh. Where it, you can only run a lead acid to 50%. It still huh. maintains the same torque in your trolling motor. Absolutely. So so lead acid batteries slowly die mm-hmm. where a lithium will run for that 50 amp hours and at 49 and a half amp hours, it'll cut off. Dunzo. Like poop, which is why they they give you that Bluetooth to let you know like, hey, you've got like an hour left of running this thing based on your last three hours of amperage. Uh, so I upgraded to lithium. I'm super happy about it. Uh, Jay rose a raft, which doesn't need fucking batteries. <laughs> he has no idea. So first world so struggles. <laughs> I'm not upset with his uh, disdain for battery talk i'm pro lithium ion buddy i also have a shitty old boat but i broke the law that if a lithium battery was gonna (laughs) to get back to the dock you incriminated nothing until right right now i don't know what you're talking about does that does that make the trolling motor go better depends well then maybe i will it makes the trolling motor go longer there you go. It makes and the who doesn't so who awesome. doesn't want longer? I you know what I <laughs> obviously like Jay's that because, wife. <laughs> no, I like that because that would make me go longer in the in the uh, in my spot where I like to catch the bowfin. Yes, all I run is my trolling motor there. Oh, really? And my little green boat. Nice. Yeah, it 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 goes significantly longer, huh. and it charges significantly faster. Huh. Also, they are. Uh, Significantly times two more expensive. Just for time restraints, I, I and this is this is the only reason I I would love to get to. I want to get to him spending some time with his kid, 
in in a hunting blind. Yeah, I'm. Done. I think that's a cool I'm, moment. I've told my story. I know. I'm just saying that that was the only reason I was trying. to I have hunt. a story about Mark though. Later on, I guess. We can get to something with Mark. Mm-hmm. He's not here, so we dumb, can say dumb, dumb, dumb. He's not here to re, re, uh, He's not here to defend himself. Yeah. Exactly. We and, can beat on him all we want. But and we all know he's not going to listen. <laughs> no. <laughs> so. You're already missing out one listener this week. I'm not listening to this bullshit. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it just for quality control. But again, like I said, it's ear rape every time I have to I listen, listen to this to shit. 30 minutes. Wait, we were just about no, to get to you going no. into a blind. Jim has to go take a leak. Jim has to go take a leak. Don't call him out. Let's keep the show moving. All right, I'm going to talk about keep my... Keep talking about your lithium batteries, apparently. Look, there are people that are curious about batteries. <laughs> Battery curious? I swear to God. Did they so, probably drink hey, Bud Light. Well, well, okay. While Jim's out, let's do some girl talk. Well, 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 can, I, can I quick... T- I can tell my no, story about no. Mark. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. We can make fun of Bud Light, uh, too. So, Monday, I... Uh, I, I ran a shuttle for Mark. So Mark had clients Monday and, and he met at one spot and he asked me to meet him at the other spot. And uh, he ran up and they almost got the Grand Slam. So they got a musky, a tire, and a boot. No, they, they weren't <laughs> they weren't fishing that river. <laughs> <laughs> no, he would told us we got a musky yeah. in that river. So he got he got a I mean, his clients got a really nice musky, mm-hmm. like like low forties. It truly did. Yeah, that yeah. was a great first low, musky. Yeah, low, great any first musky for that kid. Yeah, uh, they got a walleye, like mm-hmm. a high twenties, early thirties walleye. Dude, this thing was fucking huge, dude. humongous walleye. Huge. Wait, did Mark post this on Instagram? Because I just started following him. I guess this week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys have been friends for like ten years. I get it. <laughs> no, I, I I'm kind of just starting to start scrolling through that that uh, full hard foods page that I have. I'm like, oh, Urban Fly Company. I don't follow Mark. This is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, so, yeah, I kind of I I well, I took over the SVS page and you know and if and here's I can't the use thing that to about, look at porn now. The thing about the SVS page, <laughs> Firefox focus. If you have anything that you caught. Send the pictures to me so I can put them on the SVS page. Yeah, right. send them to Jay so they'll get a million views on Instagram. I know, I'm and not And you got to watch your account that. send it 100K. <laughs> Just <laughs> jealous as fuck looking at somebody I'm else's video of yourself. Sitting that. at a million. 1.1 million, actually. But who's counting? Yeah, <laughs> who's counting? Yeah, I'm not I'm not looking at it every day or anything. So they caught a muskie. It's like 34. 3,000 likes or 32 something. You know what? Regardless. It's a fuckload. I have a million view musky, period. And I don't care what platform it's on. Is it cool if I just go ahead and finish the story? No. (laughs) (laughs) I would would imagine it's better than what we're talking about. Yeah. So they landed a big musky, big walleye. They got a decent pike. All they were missing was a smallmouth. And, and, and the worst part is, like, he sent me the water temperature, and I'm like, Mark. They should be everywhere. No. Everywhere. No, at that water temperature, those smallmouth were still schooled up in their deep, deep pools. Oh, so they should be targetable. He tried. They they threw, like, they hit every pool, and they threw everything at them. But those smallmouth recognized 
that it was not the day for those people to get their Grand Slam. So, so isn't a Grand Slam three? A well, Super Slam would be four, right? Let's okay. Let's call it a Super Slam. You're not. You're not wrong. Uh, Super Slam. So they got monster, a Grand Slam. Monster fish, though, for those guys. That was a yeah. Super they, they were all day. great fish. So uh, hire Mark because he's you got might the, as well if you're yeah, in, if you're he's in the got area. The spots. And yeah, it's just you know time of year. He understands fish and, and he's uh, out there to do what he has to do. Most importantly, I, I'm happy to shuttle him because he gave me a breakfast sandwich. And, <laughs> and now <laughs> that. That's now really that, all I need. I got that Jim's back from a yeah. pee. I actually, I got a question for you. Back to the slam thing. So I'm familiar with like hunting slams. So what? What is a? What's a grand slam for? It depends on the body. The body of water you're on. So like if. So if, for instance, what you were on that day. On that day, it would be four fish. It would be. Pike, walleye, muskie, and a smallmouth. That would be the super On the slam. ones that but I would I'm go double. to, you would probably call it like, you know, if you got a good brown, maybe a brookie, musky, and the, a smallmouth. The real grand slam, though, is tarpon, permit, bonefish, and then the super slam is throwing a snook in on top of that. Correct. So, so we're just going straight to Florida. But I'm just no, saying that, that, that's, like where that's, grand, that's, grand that's where the grand slam that started. Yeah. So, but I'm as educated everywhere else so, has their own local slams. All right, so I, we don't go for like 17 fucking hours tonight. Why not? Um, fish with Mark because I meteor was like three so. hours this week. God damn it, because I said so. <laughs> I'm not promised anything upstairs, but um, <laughs> so uh, turkey hunting, you went turkey hunting, you took your, your, took your kid hurt. Hey, now, wow, thank you, Chris. Uh, you took your son turkey hunting. And uh, you got to spend some time <laughs> in the blind. And your son's like, what, like 10, 12? Uh, yeah, he's 11. And, there you, go. Uh, you know, today was, or Saturday was Ohio's youth opener for spring turkey. So, you know, we take him out and everything every single year. Last year, he had an epic year. He smoked a giant tom. I happened to be at one of my buddy's weddings in Arizona at the time. And I got a phone call in Arizona time at like 4.30 in the morning. And I woke up, you know, half in the bag because I'm at a wedding. And my dad's calling me. And he, you know, hey, your son wants to talk to you. Puts him on the phone. Dad, I shot one. He shot a giant Tom. It had like an 11 and three quarter inch beard. You know, almost a full one-inch hook off the back. I mean, with don't your get me wrong. and he was out there with your dad. He was out there with my dad. Well, I, I gave my wow. dad a camera and everything. That's so cool. And he tried. I'll put it to you that way. He tried. <laughs> I, the video clips that I got was like I have a turkey so in a frame dad... for a second, and then it's just blurry, and then the camera went off. He just said the hell with the camera. So your dad can call. Oh yeah, my dad can call. And he and he. He taught you to call, or you just taught yourself? I'll be honest with you. Um, I kind of, whenever I grew up with my dad and everything, you know, hunting-wise, we, we did a lot of small game stuff. So, like, we did more, like, rabbit hunting. We had a lot of beagles. So, between my dad and my uncle, we always had beagles. So, we were, I mean, I was a rabbit hunter whenever I grew up. I didn't even get into deer hunting until probably, you know, when I was, like, 13 or 14 years old. And that was only because I was like, hey, Dad, I want to go hunt a deer. And he was... Okay, let's go do it. 
And then past that, bow hunting and everything, I bought my own bow and everything, and I kind of just went along and just kept going with it. But, I mean... No, I, I just... No, I that's that's what lineage comes along. So he calls, so you learn to call. Yeah. So that's he called that burden for your son. And are you teaching your son to call? My son actually yesterday, I gave him one of my diaphragm calls, and I was like, "Here you go, you can have this one. Play with it." Oh my god, that was <laughs> so hilarious watching him try to play with that call for the first hour we were sitting in that blind. It looked like he was trying to puke. Like that was the closest thing I can compare it to is like he looked like he wanted to puke with that diaphragm call in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, we've all had the first time in front of anything you have to uh I think work your tongue on like that. Um, Why are you looking to me, Jay? I don't know. I was just kind of, you know, waiting for <laughs> I, you to say something foul and uh, ignorant. I was not going to say anything about working my tongue until you <laughs> looked at me. You you, you got to find that happy medium with no, the tongue I, on the I roof get of it. the mouth. You got to sure find is. that happy spot. It, it's I not can. quite the front, but it's not quite the middle either. Yeah. It, can you can you work a mouth call, Chad? Not well, but I I can. I can make clucks and purrs. Mm. I can um, do clucks and purrs. I cannot do gobbles. No. I've watched people do gobbles with diaphragm calls, and that's just, it's out of my league. I can't do that. Jace was always He's very, very good at speaking natural voice. language, and he could he could do it better than any of us, but uh, I can, I mean, if you put Any of on, us, as in you and me, we don't, we've never heard Jim call. We don't know. Yeah, I mean... As yeah. far as yes, is yeah, Chad and I. I I'm mean, a sleeper, I can, bro. I can go. I can go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, on, on a, a slate. On a slate, you're a cavalier can, with a. I've been sleeper. doing this for a while. <laughs> the slates <laughs> and stuff. I mean, I can do that kind of thing, but as far as the mouth calls, that you know, I'd have to get back into practice. In my vest, I do only have one slate. I have a box call that I have a wet box call. Sure. So depending on the weather, I. I wanted a wet box call because I've been in rain before. I love wet box. And whenever you're in rain, mm -hmm. I've yeah. had a bird talking to me. and You get a couple awkward squawks out of it with that little bit of moisture that's mm -hmm. in between that, you know, the top of the box and the actual bottom portion of it itself. And that's it. That's your hunt. Do you use indicator calls at all? Mm, yeah, I got, a I got a crow call mm -hmm. and uh, I also got a screech owl call. I use the owl a lot more than I do the crow, though. Can you use the crow call to call in crows? Crow hunting? Cause, <laughs> Who the because, hell would do that? I no, because like, I have one as well, and I love crow I feel hunting. like you're better off with using a box call to try to call crows than you would be with a crow call. Really? I would just be, like, yelling at them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Have you ever went crow hunting? I've shot crows. It's I'm shockingly disappointing. But no, I've never no, went you, on a full-fledged hunt for a I crow. If you know someone with an electric hunting. collar, it is the most fun. You, it's like carp fishing mm. with a fly <laughs> rod. Well, yeah, yeah, it is Awful. so much fun. Well, I got Awful. a Fox Pro. It it has all like call yeah. stuff in it. I mean, I've I've played through them and I've listened to them. You should try it, bro. Go out into a field and put a, a stuffed animal out there, like one of your kids' old stuffed animals, and go, <laughs> and then don't shoot the century crow, the first one. But shoot the second one and all 15 that come in after him. <laughs> what do you do with them afterwards, though? Don't Nothing. Ask, don't ask me that question while we're being recorded. Yeah, seriously. Um, so, <laughs> so I, I got a great question. Tacos. So, when your son and you, when your son and yourself are spending time 
in a blind or in that situation, how in tune to the situation is your son at that age? This you know, year? Because, like, I mean, my daughter, I know if I take her out, she has some, you know, some kind of, a little bit of attention, man, but after a while, it's just, I want my phone. Is that how your son is at 11? I mean... So, last year was the year that we... Knowing re- what he could kill. Sorry. So, last year was the first year that we really went... Because, I mean, I've taken him hunting for a couple years prior to this. But last year was the first year that it was like, okay, it's serious time now. So, he went out and he shot a Tom. So, that right there, that hooked him. He, got a, he was the kid that got a Tom on opening morning. Can't really... That was the perfect morning for, you know, first-timer turkey hunting. And this year, opening day, we went out there. You know, we sat down and everything. Called a little bit, heard some hens. But that was it for the day. Day two, we heard a couple gobbles way off in the distance. So, I mean, he's definitely going to have to work for it now. Did you say you suck compared to Papa? No, I'm I'm definitely the better caller. If you ask me, <laughs> if you ask me like, I'm definitely like, the better one. Papa kicked ass. He called me a bird right in. I killed the giant. Mm. Right, what, what are you doing, Dad? You're an idiot. You don't even know what you're doing. So, so when the actual season starts, and it's not just taking your son out day, is he going to be out there with you as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and the biggest thing that impressed me with my kid this year I told him, hey, I'm going to be there to pick you up at this certain time. You got to be up. His mom told me, you know, I didn't wake him up. He woke up at 4 a.m. on his own with his own alarm. You know, shit, shower, shave, whatever his little little boy body's doing at 4 a.m. But he was ready waiting for me at 5 a.m. when I picked him up. I've been that awesome, man. That That's was awesome. Way to be, you know, man. Two days in Can't a row. Ask. Two days in a row, though. Yeah, that's like that was impressive. Hard. Like I'm at at your house at 5 a.m. picking you up, and you're walking out the oh, door, absolutely. getting in the truck, ready to go. That's impressive for me at 11. And and I don't want to get too personal, but it sounds like there's a a custody thing where he's not with you, where you're picking him up. So it's a super awesome opportunity. Super awesome for you get to ha- you get to hang out with him while he's not there with you. Mm-hmm. So that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Dude, I'm so happy for that. For you, for that. You know what? Last year, knowing that that's what spawned it, like I wasn't able to take my kid hunting for youth season, but my dad was able to. And then this year, I was able to be a part of it, and knowing that he was ready for it, I won. Dude, that's He's awesome. He's hooked, and he got a deer last year. You too. gotta love dads for that. Yeah, my dad. I love de- my, my dad, dad for that kind of shit too. He picks up the slack whenever I can't, so I appreciate it. Uh, that's awesome. Now that you're done with with the uh, sentimental stuff, can you yeah, tell? I'm done with the tearjerkers. Can you talk about why you hate us, dirty grubbing foragers? Your foragers? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you okay. should have just shot that guy. You yeah. what, who? What? Whose <laughs> story know, was it? You know what? Here's the thing. My one kid side was, of story. You know, he my, died. My kid. Sorry. He was a hundred percent for that, and I had to. Go, you know, <laughs> I had to go. You know, let's talk him off the ledge. You, you don't shoot people. You know, son. <laughs> you know, we do gun safety and stuff. You know, you had to go down that little <laughs> rabbit hole. But he literally, he was pissed this morning, man. 
that guy came in and we had, you know, a local, you know, we'll call him a neighbor. Okay. He's not supposed to be on the property, but he lives neighboring to the property. So he decides to walk through his backyard and maybe wander a little bit further than what he normally should. So at 9 a.m. this morning, we got this, uh, you know, wizard-looking guy coming with his Gandalf staff, come walking through the woods, and he's just standing. He literally, he stopped and he stood. He was maybe 45, 50 yards from us, and he just stood there, and he hung out for like 10 minutes just right in front of us. And my old man at this point, he had it. He was done with it. Because that's the whole reason we have access to this parcel is because my dad has permission to be on this place. And he got out of the blind, walked straight over there. I got the camera rolling the whole time. I'm like, I'm of videotaping course you do. this shit. I'm videotaping this shit. It's so, going to be on cops. Yep, yep. <laughs> this is like live PD, live PD right now. So I'm videotaping and everything. He comes back and he goes, yeah, he's out here walking around looking for morel mushrooms. And he had the balls to tell me it's a little early for turkey hunting, isn't it? And he went, yeah, dickhead, it's youth season. That's why. So my dad would, I could tell my dad was jacked up. I don't know what the hell happened over there while he was talking. Dude, to it would have been awesome. He was we there for like five minutes. had this guy on the wall of the SVS. Well, yeah, his belt right, his belt right there. Yeah, we'll have are you talking about mounting a yeah, person? <laughs> no, I, the only person I mount anymore uh, is my wife. I I'm guess. sure that's expensive. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I was just throwing it out there. I wasn't going to do it. He was going to do it. Are you talking like a Euro skull of this dude? That would have probably been... God, that would have been epic. Like, I I don't have to... Like, as an ex-cop, a I hippie. feel like I should intervene here. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you're talking about is against All the right, law. All right, so we're going to get to a... Uh, so, hey, hey. We're going to keep this thing rolling along, and we're going to get to a Griller's Corner if anybody wants to listen at uh, about two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> so uh, while Pat was in town, I took him to a local spot that I know, and we went and picked uh, wild ramps. Have you have you done that, Jim? I have not. You don't like I've always been turkey hunting. You don't like foragers and foraging. So I picked wild ramps. And they're like a like a mix between an onion and a garlic. I love them. They're awesome. Uh, I cut the leaves off. I mixed 50-50 pork and hamburger. Made meat the bowls with uh, breadcrumbs and egg. And I put the chopped up, rough chopped leaves in. And I put them on the Weber kettle and smoked them for like an hour and a half. That sounds amazing. It was awesome. It almost made me want to retrograde ejaculate. <laughs> Jeez, I never, I didn't get to use my uh, my good segue, with, which was since uh, things are ramping up out here in the foraging. Uh, so it's raining right now, and things are really going to be morelling. I, 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 come on, <laughs> there you no, go. that that's a dad joke that was corny as fuck, Jay. I know. Come on, I <laughs> so know, I know, I well, love it. We got three left, right? <laughs> I love it. Two. Two. Things Two. are ramping up Two. out here in the foraging. <laughs> Come on, no, no, you didn't like it. Tell me, Morel. <laughs> Jim is cringing. I have a disdain for anybody that looks for those today. So, can can I ask you, in a honest opinion, Pennsylvania has no Sunday hunting. I prefer to Morel hunt on Sundays because I don't want to mess up anyone's turkey hunt. 
What do you think about Sunday hunting now, Jason, you asshole? I would rather <laughs> take the fucking chance of the shooting your fucking face off than not have Sunday hunting in Pennsylvania. My man. I don't understand why Jesus fucking... Hold on. I don't understand why Jesus fucking Christ cares more about Pennsylvania fucking goddamn deer and turkey or whatever the hell else. It's not Jesus Christ, asshole. It's it's wives. It's okay, buddy. But it's cool. fine. I, I will. You did go so zero to go 100 to church like right now. Fine. Fucking go out deer hunting. Hey, you're fine. So I'll I'll continue to morale hunt and not worry about anyone fucking in you the know woods. What? I don't even hunt right now. I'm, I'm just going to go fishing because there's less ticks in the water. Okay. And I like fishing. I picked three ticks off me. So you're like, just going to yell to yell? Yes. I'm not. Okay. He has no He has no moral background. And no, no That's stance. like the lady that comes and asks you if you have permission to be on this property that's not mine. Exactly. <laughs> do you have permission to be here? Yeah, I have nothing better to do on a Tuesday morning than to come and yell at you. Are you really shooting those cute turkeys? I was feeding <laughs> those in my backyard a week ago, you dick. Turkeys are not cute. No, they're... Ugh. No, you know what? I'm going to go out turkey hunting. Probably this, a little bit. I got a couple places I can go for. This guy this morning, though, man. I mean, he had on the loudest attire. He had like on a bright neon turquoise, like green, blue. I don't even know what the hell was an old Oakley, an Oakley shirt from the nineties. He's walking with a giant ass Gandalf staff, (laughs) yeah, through the middle of the woods. That's what hippies do. Well, he didn't want to be fucking shot, James. Here's the the thing. (laughs) So. So he was he was walking around with this giant turkey fucking feathers on his back. <laughs> yeah, if he was Clucking like a... and plucking around like he was a giant fucking turkey. Gobbling he... every 30 steps. <laughs> <laughs> if he was dressed like a native else did you want the guy to do? I don't blame him for being an asshole. Not to you know, the guy's asshole is to credit that. He shouldn't have been where you were turkey on property. 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 He should he shouldn't be trespassing and you he should have shot in, way. in the area just for I, I would have just for clear measure. Would you have felt better if he was dressed like a Native American with a headdress on? I would have felt better. Don't answer that question. Nick, come on, don't, don't let's do, not do that. Don't answer that question. All right. So we're going down to the <laughs> grillers corner. I'm gonna take legal <laughs> hey. advice from my attorney. <laughs> Mr. Hey, Mr. Sim hey, says it's a no, so, it's a no. So wait, uh, we already moved a little bit onto the griller stuff. I want to go to the F3T in Franklin. Let's talk about that for a while. We're going to be there, uh, and I cannot You can wait. see us in rare form just like this Dude, next Saturday. Next Saturday, <laughs> April 22nd, starts at 2 o'clock. You going to be there, the- Chad? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Chad was gifted two tickets from a random donor. And I'm bringing uh, the old SVS shirts. Nice. To auction off or give away, do whatever the fuck you want with them. Get awesome. them out of my garage or basement. So, so 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock, well, let's say 4.30 is the expo. We're going to have Cortland Fly Lines there. Mark's going to be there. Farm Girl Graphics. Victoria City Art and Frame. Uh, I think maybe my buddy uh, Mark Haynes is going to be there tying trout flies. Maybe not. Who knows? Uh, if not, he... I think you talked Aaron into it. <laughs> I hope I did. Uh, regardless, we're all going to be there hanging out. We've closed down. We've closed down the street, so we're going to be able to hang out at the brewery, hang, drink beers, talk to Mark. What's talk the to, brewery? Talk to us. It's Trails to Ales. 
Uh, it's on the corner of 12th Street and Liberty Street in Franklin, Pennsylvania. We're going to have casting instructions, tying instructions. It's really going to be a cool expo. And then the film tour starts at five, video starts at five, drawings for all of the prizes. Is it like 630? And we've got Yeti coolers, Yeti buckets. We've got a Sage fly rod outfit. We've got, and that fly rod outfit has the rod, the reel, the line. We've got a super generous donation from Neshanik Creek Outfitters. They donated some tippet material, uh, pre-made tippets, some flies, a fly box, a whole bunch of hats, uh, some tying materials. Uh, so thank you to those guys. Thank you, Mark. Uh, we've got uh, some stuff from Oscar River Blues. We've got some a Sims bag. We, there's just a Costa sunglasses. I mean, there's a ton of prizes. Stuff's being donated every day. Uh, it's going to be a great time. So if you can come next Saturday, April 22nd, tickets are $25 a piece. You can fly the, you can find them at flyfishingflyfilmtour.com. Uh, look up the Franklin, Pennsylvania event. It's going to be awesome. You can Franklin buy tickets at the Franklin Moving door. Forward is another place I found the tickets. Yes, Franklin Moving Forward is the nonprofit that I run that is sponsoring the event. So Franklin Moving Forward is a 501c3 nonprofit focused on beating the bureaucracy of trying to better a city without having to go to the city, the county, the council, all that crap. Our goals are water access, improving the boat ramp, fixing the access from French Creek to downtown, putting signage up so people can find the restaurants, find the bars, find the retail spots. It's it's everything that uh, 501c3 that doesn't want to deal with the fucking government should be. So even if you can't make it, buy tickets because we need your money. The end. I'm going to make sure you win that 10 car rod, Jay. I want the 10 I'll car I'll put $2 rod. in for Jay. Or also, two tickets in for Jay. If I win a 10 car we'll take rod, I think, I think this guy will finally be my friend. So I, I guess since everybody's leaving us, uh, it's just me and you now. Oh, wow. So what do you mean? You could have just stayed here for five more minutes. <laughs> not one more minute. <laughs> so, uh, speaking, not a second to spare. speaking so of what do you expect to see from the F3T this year? Uh, Chad, you've seen it for years, and I've seen it for years. I hope Ben is the narrator in between the in between the, the shows, like he was last year. Yeah, I thought he did a great ben, job. Ben, the huge last fly year. fisherman. Oh yeah, Ben's um, our friend. Yeah, and. Not that I didn't like when uh, Hank Patterson did it, because that was funny as shit. Hank I is great, I love too. Hank Patterson, but I, I like Ben. Ben's been on podcast. Hank hasn't. Fuck him. So Sure, no. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm just kidding, because no. I, li- I listen to Hank Patterson's Outdoor Misadventures every week. I love it. I'm, a, I'm that kind of guy. Um, but I am looking forward to seeing uh, my friends that I don't see that often. I know Ryan Evans is coming in town for the for the show. What? Yeah. Uh, 
I, I get the inside Iggy on things, oh, man. Oh, I'm sure you do. You're friends with everybody. Nobody likes Jay. You exactly. The they just list. put up a Jay. You got so, the DM list. So um, I, I know for nobody likes me. I'm Ryan's coming in town. Person. Um, and I, I'm gonna get to see you. I'm gonna get to see Jim. I'm gonna see Chris and uh, Mark and and all the dudes that I that I enjoy hanging out with. And my son's coming. My wife's coming. It's it's gonna be a fun time. It's a family field event. And hopefully my wife will drive me home. Because I'm gonna get fucked up <laughs> and say see, see, ridiculous like, things that I like. I say to tonight. Oh man, this is gonna be fun. See, my wife told me that I should act more professional and say, and 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 not be the guy I'm in the podcast. My I'm wife has like, never listened to this, so she has no idea what the fuck comes out of my mouth. I got. I, I, <laughs> Sorry, Jim. We've just been unmonetized. I got two <laughs> listens. I got two listens. That's it. <laughs> so. Yeah, but, but uh, hey, we hope to see everybody out next weekend. Uh, in and, Franklin. and Franklin's a, Franklin's a cool town to go to. It's a cool town to be in. Um, Franklin's it, super cool. It uh, is. And the other thing I forgot to mention is that if you're going to buy tickets online, only online, if you use promo code SVS, you will save ten percent. So. Uh, so was that two and a half bucks on a $25 ticket? I don't see how that should have been brought up, but <laughs> it's two and a half bucks on a $25 ticket. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing, I, pay, I paid full retail. So yeah, but fine. like, yeah, so, so if you buy two tickets, that's five bucks. That's five bucks. That's a pack. That's a pack of Marlboro Reds, man. Uh, <laughs> it used, right to be, it used to be a pack of Marlboro right Reds. Yeah. No, but I, seriously, uh, it's going to be awesome. Like we're going to awesome, have man. a great time. Yeah. I don't. Come hang out with us. It's yeah, gonna be a good come time. Come hang out with us. There's please be our friends. So the brewery. <laughs> no, it is. It's, I know I talked about this before, time. but the brewery has a it. has a really cool system for its beers. Is all the beers are on a tap system on the wall, and you go you buy a card, which they will either preload or you can say, "Here's my credit card. I'm running come a back tab. with this. I'm running a tab." And that card, you can get any beer you want. You just put the the card in the slot of the beer you want, and you fill your own beer. It, and this is the yum berry of beer. Dude, oh, it's it's fantastic. And we're just gonna go get smashed, Chad. I can't yeah. wait. And we're and there's a self serve. Our local hot dog vendor is gonna have his hot dog cart there, and he's got uh, burgers and hot dogs. Is he gonna make a special SVS hot dog? I it better be the fat dog. It's all beef. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and a big and, one. And I mean to tell you, like he's he's in Franklin all summer and and I go hmm. taste his wieners like every week. I bet, dude. Why would I would <laughs> love you love putting his wieners in your mouth? But he's got he's got burgers and breakfast sandwiches, oh, and I'm telling God. you, Damn, you're weird. not gonna be upset. The brewery's gonna have food, so there's gonna be food there. Oh, sweet. You can get pre-dinner and then after and then the second dinner, second dinner, the second hot dogs dinner. outside after the show back at the brewery. There's a band. There's cornhole. There's fire pits. Nobody said we're cornholing. What? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to cornhole anybody, but you can play the game. Oh, cornhole. wow. This is going to be uh, uh, a uh, retro. Uh, this just keeps time, getting yeah. more uncomfortable. I, this as is going to be on. an awesome time. I can't wait to get yeah, out this there, really, man. This really degraded. But I, it's going to be fun, so no, please I come. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I'm so scared right okay, now. Okay, so <laughs> other than that, hey, who we brought to 
you buy. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I have a quick airing of grievances. Oh, God. <laughs> no, 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 no. This one's legit. Uh, okay. I'm going to piss and you guys can end this, this podcast then. Go on. You got it. So when Mark and I were fishing, uh, we were waiting to load our boat up. And another boat had been out there trout fishing. And apparently he only caught two trout that had been in his live well all day long. Dry? I don't know the answer to that. He threw both those fish back in the water. One immediately turned belly up. Not cool. And the other one swam away and slow. Real fucking slow. Yeah, no bueno. Not cool. Yeah, and and I don't understand why he did it. Maybe you wanted six fish, and so two fish weren't enough to feed your family or whatever. But seriously, if you're going to fucking keep a fish in your shitty live well, and then dump that back in the water and let one die. I mean, it turned belly up. I mean, we were close enough where we could see it. It just went bloop, and it was just white belly. And then the other one, we watched swim, and it was so slow. Like, that that fish was musky food, right? Like, we couldn't catch a musky that day, but that fish was about to be eaten. If you're going to put a fish in your boat, for more than 10 seconds, eat that motherfucking fish. Correct. Don't think that you can throw it back because your live well is aerated. Unless you've got like a $100,000 glitter boat that's made for keeping bass alive, don't do it. Yeah. Take those fish home. Give them to somebody. And, and trout are different than bass. 100%. For real. Um, I, I'm not one to air grievances. I understand this one. Yeah. yeah that It's wanton waste. It, it's exactly all it was. It was wanton waste. Like, if you want to go fish and you want to just bang fish and throw them back, throw them back. If you want to keep fish, keep them, take them home and eat them. But you literally just killed two fish for absolutely no reason. So if you're listening to this guy in a red Lund, uh, in northwestern Pennsylvania that caught two fish and then threw them back. Go fuck yourself. America! <laughs> fuck yeah! <laughs> and, and that airing of the grievances has been brought to you by Sims Fishing. Check them out at simsfishing.com. Check out A-Rex Hooks at arexhooks.com. They have all the new makes and models that Mark talks about every week that I don't know bullshit about because I quit time flies. Uh, check out Yeti Coolers at BuiltForTheWild.com. Um, check out Cortland Lines because they're the best in town at CortlandLines.com. Yeah, I just got a, that Cortland Sinks, uh, Sinks fi- Sink 15 streamer tip. Uh, it's awesome. It, uh, Talking really, to the microphone, uh, Jason. You've been yelling at everyone. Really, uh, it really uh, teamed up with my uh, Orvis Clearwater 6 weight very Hit the well. Grid. It, the, they're good lines, good rods, and uh, you can check Orvis rods out at Nishana uh, Creek because they're sponsoring the F3T. Yeah, uh, yeah they, they definitely donated some sweet, sweet stuff. Uh, I also just bought some Cortland lines. I got the Sync 4, and I got the Compact uh, Sync 9 and for, for my 12 weight because 
that's all I throw anymore. <laughs> and who are some friends of the show, Chris? Friends of the show, we got Qu- Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding, who uh, apparently made some shirts for some friends, but not other friends. Thanks, Ryan. We well, got Michael Davis. No, he made it for his teammates. We got Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management, my favorite competitor. Tom Schenk at Chippewa River Custom Rods. We have uh, Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance. And finally, our buddies over at Muskie Fool. After you listen to our podcast, please be so kind to check out their podcast, The Spot Burn. They are uh, good, good, good folk. We like them very much. And uh, I've been requested to... Also check out Aaron Shine at the Box Gallery and uh, Steelhead Alley Outfitters. Absolutely. Aaron's awesome dude. Great, great, great artist. Great tattooist. Uh, Thanks, guys, for taking the ending over here. Yeah, absolutely. We understand that uh, wheelies have to happen. Uh, but I've been I've been requested to uh, end the show with this. Good night.